Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag 3, whoever he is. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this This is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international over the (laughs) person. Hey, why the fuck is the gas so hot? The president's vision for our country, his knowledge of the issues are so important, but so is his emotional connection, the empathy he has for working families in our country. He springs from that background and he understands it and he cares, he cares about it. I don't need to be broken. Oh, good for you. And yet, this is a neck-and-neck race, and no one feels very comfortable on the Democratic side of things that Donald Trump isn't going to be the next president. Well, I don't think that nobody feels. I think many of us know that it is impossible for him to be the president again. (laughs) I doubt it. You are fake news. You suck. Fuck you. Jeez. Very fake news. Do you want the boogaloo? Because that's how you get the boogaloo, okay, folks? I will eat your ass. I'll do it. That's a big game, man. Fed, 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 fed. All right, America, go to the YouTube right now. Big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. Congratulations to both of you. You're awesome. In five, four, three. I can't do it. We'll do it live. (laughs) Fuck it, we'll do it live. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the very best you can ask anyone about that. People often do, I'm told. This is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. You know how pregnant I am right now? I was going to guess 50 weeks, maybe 60 weeks. (laughs) I am almost 39 weeks pregnant. Close. And I still have not had this baby. Did you just say gross? I said close. Oh. <laughs> You're creeping on 50. I mean, I guess. I, I don't know. Depends who you ask. Maybe kind of gross. No, it's disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Reliable sources informed it. me that you now have an Audi. I do. Did I tell your <laughs> wife that? I think you told. No, I think I, I think you told me that offline. So I'm probably disclosing personal information. Oh, no. It's like, a, you know, those things that you put in the turkey. Just bing. <laughs> One day, my belly button just popped, popped right out. Well, I assume one of these days, one of these Sundays, is going to be uh, Blonde's off day because we'll have a, a new baby to announce. But not yet, not quite yet, unless it happens on air. I thought which, today was the day. I was having contractions, contractions at the store, and I was like, "Not going to do the show tonight." And then they just <laughs> this baby's like, "Fuck you, mom! I'm well, never coming out." <laughs> lots to talk about tonight. Of course, including it's the final night before the first presidential votes of 2024 are cast. It is Iowa caucus Eve. So we'll catch up with the state of the race. I can't wait to see how much freer and fairer this time around will be. I feel really good about this. Yeah, it's it's going to be awesome. There's crazy weather going on for in Iowa, so we'll see how that influences. I, I'm told that somehow the blizzard is really going to make the Nikki voters, uh, who are very real and not a psyop at all, they're they're going to brave the blizzard <laughs> to get yeah, to totally. the caucus to support Nikki Haley. It's anyway, negative thirty degrees with the wind chill there right now. Ugh. 
Man, it's been like that the last couple of days here. We're finally, it's finally on the way out. So that's a relief. Is it? Because we're on like house arrest. Yeah, it's it's been pretty bad. Mm. Uh, like usual, we are bombing some faraway country without congressional authorization while being propagandized into believing that's normal or constitutional. This time it's the Houthis and or the Houthis, however you'd like to pronounce it. The people in Yemen. That's who we're bombing. Also, Gonzalo Lira, American YouTuber known as Coach Red Pill, reportedly has died in Ukrainian prison. Man. So far, our government has no questions about that. We'll just shovel more money to that beacon of freedom that imprisons people for speech crimes. Imp- imprisons yeah, really. a U.S. citizen, by the way. Let's get that black lesbian out of Russia, though. Oh, thank No matter God. what. I, 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 I'm, yeah. Brittany Griner. Yeah, I mean, I we got to sell the... I don't know, the five or so WNBA tickets that she's going to move. The Texas National Guard is starting to take some control at the border. I don't know if you saw the footage here, but it strikes me as um, I, uh, <laughs> I was going to call it blonde porn, but I'm inviting uh, too much from the chat if I say that. What I mean is te- Texas National Guard personnel like physically blocking migrants with uh, with riot shields and actually making a physical blockade uh, blockade on the Rio Grande. So uh that means one thing that means waco 2 is coming for the texas national guard very soon because nobody crosses the feds like that this is going to be a very interesting standoff yep yeah plus we have some uh hoax hate and tonight's movie review is unforgiven so stick around we'll catch up with your super chats in between topics 10 bucks and up on the sunday show because we are no good low down money grabbers it will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material remember you can find everything show related and support the show for as little as a buck a month over on the website. That is mattchristensenmedia.com. Listener support is hugely appreciated and it is what keeps the show operational. So if you enjoy the show, please consider supporting the show. We have show merchandise for sale on the site as well. Plus we have offers from friendly listener owned businesses too. And speaking of friendly listener owned businesses, it is time to announce who won the Tower of Babel hydroponics kit giveaway courtesy of Hope Innovations? Hi, I'm Ryan. And I'm Tessa. We are a brother and sister team, and we have a vision where we want to make food so abundant that it is practically free. And how we're doing this is through indoor gardening. And so we invented this amazing indoor garden that allows you to grow food anywhere in your house, any time of the year, no matter where you live. And we funded this on Kickstarter and it completely blew up. I got really excited because I'm a huge fan of the Matt and Blonde show and I wanted to see if maybe I could use my product for some kind of a a giveaway or promotion. Um, And they were 100% on board. They just wanted to try out the product. Blonde tried it out. She loved it and we were good to go. So it was like, what do we want the competition to be about? And I love the chat. I think the chat is hilarious. I think you guys are so clever. So I wanted to do some sort of competition with the, like I said, the funniest chat. So that's what we did, and I'm so glad we did it because I think it turned out hilarious. I love the chats. I think they were so clever, and especially the one that ends up winning. So the moment you guys have all been waiting for, the winner of the hydroponic kit is... Poet! So Poet won with a very clever chat. So for a little bit of context, this was the same episode that Matt said, fuck sex, the most times he's ever said in an episode, where there was Aiden, I believe, Zerkovsky, who was Close a congressional member, well, one of the congressional members that uh, was filming butt sex in the congressional <laughs> So the winning chat was, say what you want about January 6th Trump supporters. 
at least they came through the front door. <laughs> so very clever. We love this. Uh, congratulations, poet. We are going to be sending out your kit here right away. And if you weren't a clever chatter like poet, you can still get the Eden Tower. And you can do that by going mm. to Matt and Blonde website. There's a link there that will take you for a 200% or $200 off. And you're also going to help support their show. And we also have a link that will give you additional training for indoor gardening, as well as just learning more about us and what we're all about. Anyways, thanks and back to the show. Oh, that's so amazing. You know, it's oh, a yeah. uh, it's a very surreal experience to see a business promoting itself on your weird internet show yeah. on the basis that butt sex is funny. I know. <laughs> how any of this is a uh, uh, is viable from a business perspective is, is baffling to me yet but, here uh, we are yeah yeah i i'm here for it for sure uh but that's right remember if you head on over to mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals you can find a link just for listeners to get 200 bucks off an eden tower hydroponics kit from ryan and tessa at hope innovations we of course thank them for their support in this sweepstakes and we congratulate the winner poet as well and remember, over on the deals page, not only can you find that offer from Hope Innovations, but you can find other offers from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses as well, including Hero Soap Company, Phoenix Ammunition, Western Razor Company, and more. It's at mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals, deals by listeners, for listeners. And by the way, if you um if you had a chat selected for the hydroponics kit sweepstakes and you did not win, as in you were selected but you're not poet, I have good news for you as well. If you if you had one of those chats selected and you sent me your email address as requested, I'm going to email you tomorrow and I will offer you a free item from the show store of your choosing. Oh, get a that's so nice of you. Get a mug, get a hoodie, whatever you like. <clears throat> so keep an eye on your inbox if you were selected through uh, the December uh, Super Chat sweepstakes. And thanks to all who sent Super, uh, super Chats to support the show as well. Uh, quickly also had a listener meetup this week uh down near pittsburgh hosted uh, apparently by paul giamatti uh oh yeah kind of i guess <laughs> uh i'm told uh richie is the guy who made this meetup happen uh and this meetup was uh, this meetup was at freedom farms north of pittsburgh nice. and apparently it wasn't just beer or cocktails consumed at this meetup it was a toast of raw milk, which, of course, is the champagne of bigots and white supremacists. So It really is. Uh, congratulations. I hope you enjoyed it. Remember, you can find listeners in your area through the community page of the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash community. Meanwhile, you have some, I suppose, personal news that is news even beyond yourself. But you uh, you were banned off of the, the cryptocurrency exchange Gemini. Did they give you your yeah, money back yeah. or is that still in limbo? I got my money back. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. But I had to make like a big stink about it. I'll keep this short. But um, I get a notice coincidentally because we are moving house. So I liquidated my Bitcoin or I was at least attempting to. And then at that moment, I get an email from Gemini that's like, we're kicking you off our platform and we don't have to tell you why. And if you don't get all of your funds out of here within five days, we're going to seize your funds. And I was like, what? Um, Gemini was supposed to be the the better platform because I got kicked off of Coinbase after I donated money to Andrew Wrangler. Right. So this, this account, <clears throat> uh, it's the Winklevoss brothers. It was what everybody was using. And so I was like, it's probably fine. I mean, I didn't, I wasn't trading. I wasn't accepting donations. It was just some like personal Bitcoin that I was trying to see some growth on um, in an account. And so I was like, I don't need a hard money wallet. I'm not going to keep this for that long. It, um, but what had happened was, okay, so I sold the Bitcoin and then they had made it impossible for me 
to use any withdrawal mechanism. So I would get a different error message every time I would try to uh, re-verify my bank account or verify my husband's bank account or our shared bank account or my brother's bank account or my PayPal or any, or use plaid. I would just get a different error message every single time. And um, <clears throat> I could not get the money out. I just, it was just frozen. So like I messaged Andrew Torba and then my friend Lana from Red Ice and they got the same message from Gemini within five minutes of when I got my message. Yeah. Same day. So no surprise there. We see um, an article linked from the ADL. This also was published later. about the same time. Yes. And uh, I'll read a quick quote. Extremist fundraising is a game of cat and mouse. As soon as extremists are banned by responsible financial platforms, they search for a new service provider and ways to collect funds. Cryptocurrencies emerges as a safe haven and attractive options due to its perceived resilience to deplatforming. It's pseudonymous, anonymous. That's a tough one. Nature. Yeah. <laughs> and its separation from the Jewish controlled financial system, according to analysis by ADL. Uh, some extremists and their donors are funneling thousands of dollars to cryptocurrency exchanges. And then they go on to talk about it. And in total, between all of us, they could only isolate $162,000. I'm like, this is what you guys are worried about? That's it? $162,000? Uh, yeah, yeah. In the executive <clears throat> summary here, they say even less than that, 142. Oh, maybe so, that was it. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. But it, it's we're not talking about a massive number here. And and. Regardless, it'd be nice to see some of these exchanges show some backbone. It's like, do you guys understand why people are into cryptocurrency in the first place? It's to eliminate the middleman in financial exchange. Correct. And if, I should warn people that there that this was not linked to my business account. This was just linked to my personal checking account um, and my maiden name. So they knew that this was me, even though I was not using it for any Matt and Blonde or Blonde of the Belly of the Beast purchase platforming and like yeah. I, I this was totally on this was my personal bitcoin oh uh, yeah that's a that's a fair distinction that <clears throat> nothing about your internet speech had anything to do with this account no and and some of it wasn't even mine some of it was my brother's too so this was the whole thing i finally just hounded customers so i just had to like put them on blast on twitter until somebody finally got back to me and they released my funds well that's good i i I know that in the the only time I've had a company straight up steal from me or us was when we got banned on um what's Vid. That? no what was that other stupid uh streaming platform Trovo it was Vidme oh Trovo and Trovo decided in a mass banning just like this that we were bad along with everybody else which okay you know I mean you get banned but they had their own super chat system there was money that the audience had sent to us still in that account on their website and they just kept that and yeah. that was theft from not just us. That's theft from the audience. Yep. Totally. And to this day, Trovo, the, the hilarious thing about Trovo is they did that, not just to us, but to a whole bunch of people in our sphere. And then a few months later, I start getting automated emails from them. Hey, why have, why, why haven't you streamed on Trovo in a while? What would it take to get you to come back? Here's why do you survey. think you son of a bitch? Like, give yeah. me my goddamn money. <laughs> it it yeah, wasn't a yeah. huge amount of money. It was not enough money to send lawyers after them. <clears> but on principle, it's like. Okay, uh, <laughs> if you guys are just going to steal from your client base and think that makes you look good, good luck. But if they yeah, had done I mean, something similar in this case, it would be disastrous. Not that it this isn't wasn't already, like but. file for bankruptcy money, but it was like maybe not close on our house money. Yeah, it, more, it more and, than and was in our stupid Trovo account for sure. 
For sure. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, I, it wasn't so much money that I felt the need to get a hard money wallet. And so that's on me, but the entire benefit of Bitcoin and this, even though it's just an exchange, this is an indictment of Bitcoin because, uh, hard money wallets are not widely used. I don't think I'm a, amongst people that are not, uh, super Bitcoin literate. Yeah. So I think the exchange is the most commonly is the most commonly used thing. If you are not anonymous on the exchange and your money is not protected, then why? It sort why of defeats the it? point. And you know, I say that as someone who has used and continues to use these exchanges right now, but it does make me think about how I want to <clears throat> make use of them in the future. And I start to look more toward things like precious metals in the form of both gold and silver and ammunition. Yeah. Why, yeah, totally. Potentially wiser investments. I don't know. But uh but while the, why are the Winklevoss brothers who are like look like Norwegian gods, identical twins that are like six foot six white guys, uh, why are they like, oh, we better listen to the ADL? Well, they caved to Zuck. What do you expect? Yeah, really <laughs> it's a out. pattern now. Yeah. Uh, so now we know they're pussies. So. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, speaking of giant pussies, Chris Christie getting out of the race right before the Iowa caucus because he didn't want to have the embarrassment. In fact, it was months too late, I would say. But Chris Christie finally quit his presidential run or his presidential waddle on Wednesday, just before the start of the debate in Iowa, from which he was disqualified due to lack of support. Anyway, of course. So as is tradition, we will remember Chris Christie. <laughs> I know you're watching. You can't help yourself. You're ducking these things. And let me tell you what's going to happen. You keep doing that, no one up here is going to call you Donald Trump anymore. We're going to call you Donald Duck. Do everybody a favor. Just walk yourself off that stage. Enjoy a nice meal. Yeah. And get the hell out of this yeah, place. You are a little overweight. More than a little. Why? If I could figure that out, I'd fix it. <laughs> Barbara Walters was just the best, man. What a bitch. Gone too soon. <laughs> uh, Chris Christie was certainly headed toward last place and really didn't even, he didn't even bother in campaigning, uh, campaigning in Iowa too much. Anyway, um, put, he was putting his resources in New Hampshire where he was building some actual support, which may be consequential. But two interesting questions come out of this. How does this affect what happens in Iowa and what happens in New Hampshire? Before he announced that he's quitting on Wednesday, some audio leaked with Christie saying that uh, Nikki Haley is going to get crushed. But the other part of what he was saying was Ron DeSantis called me and said he's petrified. So why would Ron DeSantis be petrified? Well, because even though Christie's support is is small, it's very possible, especially given the trend for Haley right now, that it is enough to bring Nikki Haley into second place over DeSantis in Iowa, which would be hugely embarrassing for Ron DeSantis. The last poll out of Iowa before votes tomorrow indicate that DeSantis may be in trouble in exactly that way. And I I, I think this, well, I guess uh, I, Asa Hutchinson even got 1% in this. So was this reflective of Chris Christie quitting or was Chris Christie sub 1% in Iowa? I don't know. He was sub 1%. He might, he might have been sub 1%. Uh, <clears throat> but anyway, this, this Des Moines Register poll published uh, over the weekend shows Trump just under 50% at 48 Haley moving into second at 20 with a four point lead over DeSantis at 16. Now, if that happens and DeSantis finishes third, 
it's hard to see how he recovers. Not that he was ever going to recover into first, uh, into first place anyway, but the path for him after that seems impossible. He's going to get crushed in New Hampshire, uh, next week where he's polling at six or 7%. So what, what's going to happen in New Hampshire? Well, Haley is now heavily invested in New ha- uh, New Hampshire. She has been for a while, actually. Uh, she's not going to quit no matter what happens in Iowa. She's going to go into New Hampshire where Chris Christie had something like 11 or 12% support. That was before Christie quit. Trump is pulling about 43, 44%. Haley's currently pulling just under 30%, meaning if all of Christie's support goes to Haley, suddenly Haley could conceivably pull off an upset and beat Trump in New Hampshire, maybe. It's the most realistic upset that there is on the map right now. Now, is even if Haley pulled off the upset in New Hampshire, is that going to change the trajectory of the, the primaries? Almost certainly not, but it, it certainly doesn't hurt. Um, and that uh, that contest is coming up next Tuesday, January 23rd. After that, Nevada is uh, is up on February 8th. They're using a caucus there that will exclude Nikki Haley. Uh, South Carolina is after that on February 28th and Haley will absolutely crush DeSantis there. She's pulling at 25 to his 13. Of course, both of them behind Trump in Michigan. After that, DeSantis has fallen behind Haley in the latest polling as well. Bottom line, um, the, the caucus system is wonky. Of course, weird things happen in Iowa. Maybe DeSantis outperforms the polls, but if he gets third tomorrow, it will be one of the more underperforming presidential campaigns in a while. And he probably has no path to recover to anything meaningful if it goes sideways for him tomorrow. So that will be interesting to watch uh, <laughs> or maybe completely boring to watch <laughs> as your laughter implies, which is probably more accurate. Uh, in other departures and campaign news, now soon to be former UN climate envoy, John Kerry announced he is leaving the Biden administration to help with the Biden campaign because who knows more about winning presidential elections than John Kerry, who couldn't capitalize on the unpopularity of George W. Bush in 2004, of course. Leading everyone to ask, John Kerry was working for Joe Biden? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, technically, he was uh, our our climate representative to the UN or something like that. (laughs) Those are two things that shouldn't exist. uh, Yeah, we have a lot of that going on here but we will remember john Kerry as well i think we have to end the word climate change and own up to the fact it is the climate crisis now humanity is inexorably threatened by humanity itself find myself getting more and more militant because I do not understand how adults who are in position of responsibility can be avoiding responsibility for taking away those things that are killing people on a daily basis. That was a real Eric Swalwell moment at the year at the end. Yeah. I did not insert that fart sound. <laughs> Might've been John Kerry himself. It's in the clip. You can go listen. You mentioned John mm. Kerry in the context of Joe Biden. I didn't realize John Kerry is only a year behind Joe. He's 80 years old. Go home. That's why he wow. looks like he's dead in some of that footage there. Is this how these people want to be spending their old their old age, their golden years? Apparently, you know, uh, <clears throat> feed them enough blended babies and they'll last another century, I'm sure. 
But he is joining Joe Biden to energize the youth vote for change, vote for the oldest, most entrenched men alive for change. And progressives keep falling for the bit. Uh, He's not quitting now, by the way, because the World Economic Forum is coming up. And of course, he wouldn't uh, pass on the chance to fly across the globe to lecture you about burning fossil fuels. So look forward to that. Now, uh, maybe you look at, at Joe Biden and John Kerry and you wonder two things. Who's actually more dead, number one? But number two, how is it possible that people actually vote for these near corpses in record numbers? Well, any question about that is election denialism, of course. And fellow near corpse Nancy Pelosi said something curious about that topic this week on CNN. Asked by the host about Democrat nervousness that Biden could lose to Trump in the fall, Nancy said actually Democrats are very confident because they know it is impossible for Trump to become president again. And yet, this is a neck-and-neck race, and no one feels very comfortable on the Democratic side of things that Donald Trump isn't going to be the next president. Well, I don't think that nobody feels. I think many of us know that it is impossible uh, for him to be the president again with what he is proposing. Well, because when you're talking about what he's talking about now is more tax cuts for corporate America, taking them down so low to the detriment uh, uh, of our budget. What the fuck is she? She means like because we've cooked the books and we paid handsomely to make sure that he could never be president again. Yeah, well, she's saying because of his policy positions, it's impossible. As though when has somebody's dumbass policy position ever stopped them from yeah. becoming president of the United States? Well, and it's <laughs> it's Trump's policy positions that are actually quite popular. Uh, yeah, economic policy, border policy, foreign policy, all those things. His character, people tend to have their disputes with. When has that uh, but, stopped anybody either? But yeah, even if the opinions were unpopular, unpopular position doesn't make election impossible, just less likely. So it's very bizarre, definitive phrasing. You just have to wonder, what does Nancy know? And how soon are we all going to find out? Because it seems like that old lady knows something when she yeah, says that. Yeah, that was really a hubristic Chuck Schumer moment where he's like, the FBI has a thousand ways from Sunday to ruin your life. Isn't That's that right. Yeah. Well, not helping himself is Joe Biden himself, who did it yet again. He was in Allentown, Pennsylvania on Friday to give a speech, and he visited a few local businesses. One was a coffee shop where he headed down near a young girl by a bookcase, making her visibly uncomfortable as reporters asked him questions that he largely ignored. Terry Austin? I do. I'm sorry. Must have been really compelling material in the bookcase. He said, I'm sorry, too, while doing it to her. (laughs) But hey, at least she didn't get sniffed. Not much to complain about, relatively speaking. I guess not. Biden also went to a bike shop where uh, upon entry, he introduced himself saying, hey, I'm Joe Biden. And I work for the government in the Senate. Why was no one like, no, you don't. How long has it been? Has it been? It's almost been two decades, right? It's like 14 years. Yeah. 14, 15 years. 2009. January. 15 years. It's not that long. We should give him a pass. Well, it's it's written off as a joke, like, oh, he was just joking around. What's the joke? Can you explain the yeah, punchline really. to me? Why is that funny? The joke is that he has 
dementia, which is funny because he doesn't have dementia. <laughs> but that is the classic symptom. You know, people as dementia advances, the dementia sufferer believes himself or herself to be in a place a long time ago. You yeah. you you think that you're two decades prior, and so your brain operates that way. It's exactly what's happening here. It's not a joke. And it's not just a slip. Like you don't forget that you're the president of the United States and think that you're in the Senate when you haven't worked in the Senate for a decade and a half. So anyway, uh, there's an update in the Twitter topic of the week. The extremist Jewish teens who dug a tunnel under a Brooklyn synagogue. Now, I did a whole segment on the story on my Wednesday stream on Tenet on Wednesday night. You can check that out on Tenet Media's channel or uh, on my website. So I won't go back over the whole thing. But to summarize the story, there are strange tunnels dug under a synagogue in in Brooklyn. And this synagogue is the the world headquarters of this particular Hasidic group. And the older leaders of the facility say that the tunnels were dug by these younger rebel teens without the knowledge of the elders (laughs) in pursuit of some religious cause to expand the facility. There is a calling to expand the facility. They had to dig tunnels to connect point a to point B on this campus. That is the explanation. Um, but adding to the curiosity was footage showing a stained mattress pulled from the tunnel, plus video showing a stroller and a high chair at certain points, either in the basement or near the entry to the tunnel. The story broke open because, uh, the synagogue leadership brought in cement trucks to fill the tunnel. And these rowdy rebellious youths, started protesting to stop it. Police were then brought in to quell the uprising. The youths fought the police too, which led to the arrests and and charges. Part of the questions on the original story was if we, how many children they've been raping. (laughs) There are some, there are some tweets uh, asking for clarity on that particular suggestion. Um, uh, anyway, obviously, circumstantially strange, for sure. No direct evidence of uh, of the child raping, to be clear, yet. But it's it's if there was any, it's all buried under the concrete. Anyway, uh, the question, if even as described, how how did a bunch of of punk kids successfully excavate a tunnel of this size? Now, I've seen different dimensions in this New York Post story. It says the tunnel was three feet high, twenty feet wide, fifty feet long. You gave me some numbers that said eight feet high, 60 feet long. So five feet wide. Yeah. That's not like Mexican tunnel tunneling. That's like I needed an engineer tunneling. Well, that's who it's they in got. New York. They, if they they're got, not doing this in Texas. They went down to the school that closed for the day to house the migrants. And they said, you, you and you come mm-hmm. on over here. You're going to help build this tunnel. Now I know that. That couldn't have happened because that was a little, that was a few days after the fact. But you get what I'm saying. The, the explanation is the extremist Jewish teen secretly hired migrants to dig the tunnel Shawshank style. And I was joking about this on my stream. Like, how did they get the dirt out of there? Did they do the Shawshank redemption thing where they put the dirt in the pants or like the great escape? Did they do that? That is yeah. actually yeah. the explanation. They're saying they legit did that and they hired uh, they hired these Mexican migrants who lived there for three weeks. And and according to the reporting here, the source says the Mexicans built the tunnel, quote, correctly by installing support beams. Okay, that's how we know this is bullshit. I don't, well, the, the sincere pushback I would offer is that 
illegal Mexicans probably do know some stuff about tunneling. I bet they do. Yeah, but they're they're probably creating like like I got to crawl through on my hands and knees tunnels. Not I'm going to walk through this tunnel with two and a half feet of clearance. You know, I had I hadn't seen this photo here to your point on the height and the size like this has supports here. Is this part of the tunnel or is this part of the basement? But it's got a I dirt don't floor. Know what you're so I guess it's at. yeah, it's hard, I, I, it's in the New York Post story. If but it it's has got a, a dirt floor, then, then it's, it's got to be the, part of the, the tunnel. tunnel, right? And then there's the the high chair <laughs> in this photo. So if this is considered part of the tunnel, that's definitely higher than three feet tall, obviously. But anyway, uh, the um, well, did the you other see thing, what this rabbi was calling this? Uh, no. Uh, uh, youthful vandalism. I'm like, okay, oh, yeah. that's somebody spraying a shitty swastika on your front door. It's not somebody digging a really sophisticated tunnel to connect a bunch of synagogues. Well, and that's the thing about this, even if you, uh, okay, so so now the, the story is expansionist, uh, extremist teens with this vision of expanding the synagogue, and they hired these illegal uh, Mexicans. That makes it harder for me to believe that the leadership of the facility had no knowledge that this was going on, which is the. Of course they did. Yeah. How, how are you having this entire construction operation by illegal migrants and, and none of the leadership at the facility knows about this? That's the official story. So anyway, as, as far as the, um, the tunnel investigation, the entire synagogue is now closed while a structural review is underway. The New York Department of Buildings said Wednesday that the tunnel was, quote, illegally excavated. Engineers do believe there is structural instability that will have to be repaired. Now, what's odd about that claim of illegal excavation, I don't see any talk of charges or penalties for the excavation itself. There were arrests for the original riot against the police, but so far I've not seen anything for the tunnel itself. When you say investigators say the tunnel was illegal, okay, who's under investigation for the illegal excavation then? And so far I see nobody. Uh, Let alone anything that was going on down there. I mean... They're yeah. going to pizza gate this and make it seem like all these right wing extremists have extrapolated from a mundane situation. If this happened at some kind of fucking Southern Baptist church or whatever. They're digging tunnels between two Southern Baptist churches and they're pulling out small bloodstained mattresses. Can you imagine the media meltdown that would happen. Can you imagine the speculation that would happen? But people are like, oh, you guys are so fucking crazy. It's totally normal, totally normal behavior. Haven't you ever seen a bunch of rabbis crawl out of a sewer before in New York? Well, that, that's I was watching this footage. I was like, oh, that's the thing. That? Too. OK, this explanation that it was rowdy teens and nobody knew anything about it. A lot of the people who were fighting and arrested and it's in the footage. I mean, I guess sometimes the beard can make a young man look older than he is, but they did not look like teens. They looked. They weren't gray beards, but they were like adult men. You know, anyway. But what are we supposed to think about? I mean, come on. Nothing to see here. I would just remember, this is the beginning of 2024. This is only the, the initial phase. It's going to get much weirder than this story. Uh, that criminal in Las Vegas who launched himself over the judge's desk to attack her. He was back in court facing new charges looking like Bane. Well, they, yeah, got him, yeah. they got like protective mitts on him. He's chained up. He's got like a face mask. This guy's yep, a Batman totally. villain now. What's, he went back uh, to court on Monday. Yeah. And the judge handed down a sentence of 19 to 48 months in prison. That's it. And she also is, said. Is that for the attack? That's got to be just for his prior charges, right? She says, I want to make it clear that I'm not changing or modifying the sentence. I was in the process of imposing last week before I was interrupted by the defendant's action. action. Okay. What a self-hating white bitch. This, this, this chick, this dude tried to kill you. And he but, really hurt that uh, warden. 
But that guy like had a, to have a bunch of stitches and, and he had a, his shoulder dislocated. And she got a TBI, like a minor TBI. And he huh. ripped out a bunch of her hair, too. Wow. Anyway, his foster mother uh, and sister spoke to reporters after the hearing. And they said that he's schizophrenic, has bipolar disorder. And then they were like, why send him back to prison? It's only going to put him in a worse state of mind because the system has failed him. Um, his sister's named LaDonna. <laughs> and yeah, his sister's name is LaDonna. Yeah. Uh, where's where's the statement from uh, LaDonna? Hold on. Oh, my system's not working. We all know LaDonna. LaDonna offered a statement uh, right here. Anyway. Too late for it to be funny, but it's you know the one. The law, oh, fuck. <laughs> Sister's name's LaDonna. Come on. Okay. Uh, uh, I do. Um, have, I do have the actual statement from his uh, sister and oh, okay, mom. Cool. Whenever you're ready. Yeah. All right. Let's check that out. This is Diaba Redden, the 30-year-old man accused of attacking the Las Vegas judge. On Monday, Judge Mary Kay Holtis ordered Redden to serve 19 to 48 months behind bars for attempted battery in connection with an incident from April 2023. He's also facing charges of coercion, extortion, intimidating a public officer with threat of force, and a number of other charges related to last week's attack. Redden's sister spoke about her brother to journalists outside the courtroom. His life was feeling threatened. I strongly believe that. I strongly believe that because it was that statement that was the trigger. Have you had any communication with him since Wednesday? Um, no, I haven't. There's no visitation for him at this moment. Then why? Where is he? He hasn't called. Where could he be? Know. Yeah, I have two minds about this, though. Because the mental health crisis is a serious problem. However, Schizophrenics are no more violent than people in the general population, which was a statistic that I've read that shocked me, but is true. So I think that this is a combination of like black criminality meets legitimate schizophrenia meets uh, uh, childhood and foster care equals lunges at judge. There's got to be some factors. I mean, say whatever you will about, uh, you know, demographic crime statistics. They are what they are. This certainly is uncommon, though. I've never seen anything like that. I've never seen the. It looked like he jumped off a damn trampoline, man. It was yeah, crazy. It was out of a movie. It was truly amazing. So there's, there's definitely anyway, we used something. to institutionalize people that were criminally insane. Uh, if anybody is a candidate for such a thing, you got to think this guy is. I've never seen courtroom behavior like that. That's, that's yeah. Like crazy. I, I don't give a fuck if that guy is locked away in some mental health institution that used to be a, it's like a defunct tuberculosis ward. It's all creepy and filled with ghosts. Like, I don't care about that. He belongs with that Indian in one flew over the cuckoo's nest, you know, put him in there. Isn't there some guy named chief he can bunk with or something. Yeah. With the Um, uh, juicy fruit. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, uh, this week, a, uh, a bombshell, was dropped on Fulton County Prosecutor Fannie Willis, the uh, the woman behind the Trump racketeering prosecution in Atlanta, of course. And I posted a video breaking all of that down yesterday. Again, you can find that on Tenet Media or my website. But uh, TLDR here, Fannie Willis, at least if the accusation is to, is to be believed, she hired her grossly unqualified boyfriend who was married to another woman to head up the Trump prosecution and paid him over $650,000 in public money from the DA's office. And they took exotic vacations together to California and the Caribbean and more. California is not an exotic vacation. Napa. Well, maybe now. They went to Napa. Napa's not mm-hmm. cheap, man. Yeah. I'm sure they got some fine bottles while they were out there. All week, 
Fannie Willis did not respond to the accusation other than to say she was going to respond only in court filings. Uh, and this is um, this is in response to the accusations were made in a, uh, in a court filing themselves from one of the Trump co-defendants. So she said she would only respond in court filings until today. She actually did respond. The accusation was made Monday and it took Fannie Willis almost a week to think up this clever original defense. The accusations are racist. She spoke at a church in Atlanta today and she said they only attacked one. First thing they say, oh, she's going to play the race card now. But no, God, isn't it them that's playing the race card when they only question one? If that is all she has, she is screwed. She could face criminal prosecution. And there is talk in in Georgia of doing that. This is completely outrageous, uh, corrupt personal enrichment. If these accusations are true, and again, this lawyer who's making them says it's all substantiated in the guy's divorce case. The records in that case are sealed, but she's trying to unseal them so that the public can see this. If it's true, she didn't just prosecute Trump for political reasons. She did it to enrich herself through her boyfriend while breaking up a marriage. This is straight to jail type stuff. And by the way, her claim, oh, they're they're racist. Uh, Okay, I will grant that point in full. Uh, The Michael Roman's lawyer who, who found this information, she's racist. Trump's racist. Michael Roman, who's the defendant in this particular piece of the case, he's racist. What does that change about the nature of the facts in the accusation? Do you deny those or do you not? Because so far she's, she's issued no denial or explanation for the behavior in any way. But look over there, they're racist. Yeah, I'm sure there will be justice. I, if there isn't in this case, she can get away with anything. She could just, it could cold blooded murder. She'll be fine. This is as outrageous of corruption for a public official as exists. And if they can't, if they can't do anything about it, if Brian Kemp and company and officials in Georgia allow this to stand, and even people who think Trump is rightly being prosecuted in Georgia, which I'm not convinced, I think that case is preposterous. I think racketeering itself is sort of an overbroad uh, criminal theory, even as the law is written in this case. It's just used to scoop up a bunch of people for sort of around the edges, ticky tack type behavior, which is exactly what they're doing. Even if you think that it's right, though, and Trump tried to steal the Georgia election and he belongs in jail himself to allow this sort of behavior from a DA. You can't. Democrats themselves, if they had any sense of decency or justice, would be condemning this and saying this lady's got to go. Instead, it's, you know, uh, the, the loyalty of these people, they will defend their own, even if they're the scum of the earth who steal from the public and then insult the public as racist if they have any questions about it. I uh, I look forward to watching this develop, though. If, I know it's a unlikely scenario, but they were talking about one of the legal theories against her being a racketeering charge itself. And if Fannie Willis ended up in prison on a racketeering charge... In that would the be Trump, so funny. Oh, yeah, I mean, come on, that would be, that would be hilarious. So, yeah, you know, I hope that's the outcome, though I recognize it probably won't be. All right. uh, We're bombing a faraway country uh, without uh, Congress having anything to say about it. What else is new? But uh, what are we doing to those Houthis? Okay, I'll I'll give you the facts as reported by uh, some media outlet that I don't trust at all. I don't even remember which one. I have the AP report in front of me. Oh, it was the AP report. Okay. 
U.S. British British militaries bombed more than a dozen sites used by Iranian-backed Houthis, Houthis in Yemen on Thursday, which they're calling a massive retaliatory strike using warship and submarine-launched Tomahawk missiles and fighter jets. Um, can we get a casualty count on this? I was talking to my husband about it. He's like, well, they have no idea what the casualty count is because um, we really don't have anybody on the ground there. So could be nobody was killed and it could be like 3,000 people were killed. I was like, are you fucking serious? He's probably right, yeah. Are you serious? If anybody knows like a legitimate a casualty count on this, um, I'd, I'd be really interested to find out what it was. Um, they say that the strikes marked the first U.S. military response to what has been a persistent campaign of drone and missile attacks on commercial ships since the start of the Israeli Hamas, Hamas war. Thank you for pronouncing it correctly. Thank you. I, I have to do it in the Jewish way. Um the coordinated military assault comes just a week after the White House and a host of partner nations issued a final warning to the Houthis to cease the attacks or face potential military action, which apparently worked for a little while, uh, for a few days. But on Tuesday, a Houthi rebel fired their largest ever barrage of drones and missiles targeting shipping in the Red Sea. And then American fighter jets responded by shooting down 18 drones, two cruise missiles, and an anti-ship missile. I have a hard time believing there were no casualties. Um, and then on Thursday, Houthis fired an anti-ship ballistic missile into the Gulf of Aden, which was seen by a commercial ship, but did not hit the ship. And we should watch this video. Uh, largely, the reports have been this was a totally ineffectual campaign. The only video I've seen is this video, which claims to show explosions at night at a base that's near the airport in Sana'a, which is probably not how you pronounce it, but that's the largest city in Yemen, which is a fact that you just learned right now because nobody knows anything about Yemen, but we're bombing them anyway. Kind of like 2003 Iraq shock and awe type look. But yeah, according to the New York Times reporting, the bombing wasn't even all that effective, I guess, depending on what the objective of the bombing was. Were they just trying to do show of force or were they actually trying to take out tactical objectives? I would assume the whole point of bombing them is to reduce their capacity to fire missiles or launch drones or do whatever they're doing. But according to the New York Times, citing two U.S. officials with knowledge yesterday, the group being the Houthis retained about three quarters of its ability to fire missiles and drones at ships transiting the Red Sea. So, I mean, maybe we took out like 25% capacity. That's just what unknown U.S. officials with knowledge say. How they're even making that assessment, we don't really know. But if you would think that they're going to they're gonna probably overestimate to justify the strike. Did we yeah. reduce their capacity at all, I guess, is the question. I mean, I guess the questions I'm asking... Uh, are I zoomed out a little bit. Why? Why are we bombing this incredibly poor, virtually destitute nation repeatedly? Why is this the fourth president to do something like this? Why have we organized all of the, these serial bombing campaigns in Yemen? They must fucking hate us. They must hate our guts. Self-defense, obviously. Didn't you know that those rockets were aimed right at your house? Yeah, I mean, I do feel really threatened by the people of Yemen. Is it the Yemenis? I don't know. I've been saying Sounds that Asian all day. or something, but Yemenis. <laughs> I think, I think it's probably right. Uh, and okay, so yes, 
why are we why the reason we're bombing them uh sincerely speaking of course is because they've been attacking traffic in the red sea because this particular militia group is mad about the uh israel palestine conflict yes right that is why yeah the other so that's the question of why is that the other question is what's the legal authority (sighs) and you mentioned four consecutive presidents doing this so I'll be explicitly clear here. I'm not just saying Joe Biden is wrong in doing this. I'm saying we have a sequence of presidents who keep doing this and the same scrutiny ought to be applied to all of them. But Joe Biden is the president now. That's because the president's always a Zionist. So I don't know that it really matters. Well, yeah, I mean, even if that's the motive, there are there's a, a legal system through which to do this. And that appears to be ignored routinely. Um. You mean the Constitution's not protecting us? From, well, um, we're, we're getting propag- undue foreign involvement. Is that what you're talking about? Well, it's a piece of paper. Are we loyal to it or not? And when we have uh, journalists here, as we'll see in this report, propagandizing us to believe that it says things that it doesn't say, it's uh, it's hard to maintain the uh, the integrity of the document. That's for sure. Um, but uh, as as far as the move, like now, granted. If there's going to be shipping traffic through the Red Sea, it makes sense that you'd have to protect that shipping traffic. I'm not necessarily saying you allow them, you allow the Houthis to attack people and you never respond. But again, what's the process here? Uh, And so for the last uh, 20 plus years, we now have a country where the president just starts bombing faraway lands like this in our name without any consideration for the constitutional process described. Article 1, Section 8, Congress shall have the power to declare war. Now, we've undone that a couple of different ways. After 9-11, Congress just surrendered that power and said, hey, Mr. President, do whatever you want to get those responsible for 9-11 or really anyone deemed to be uh, an international terrorist in any way. So what exactly is the legal authority here, though? This has absolutely nothing to do with 9-11, though the uh, the attacks in the Red Sea, you could, you know, they're, they're similarly terroristic if you want to characterize them that way. There's also the the War Powers Resolution. Congress in 1973 passed a law saying that the president can send the military into action without the consent of Congress if there's an emergency created by an attack. In such cases, the act requires notification to Congress within 48 hours and offers a 60-day window for military action, after which it must end if it has not been approved by Congress. But these missile attacks have been ongoing for months since the October 7th uh, Hamas attack on Israel. So what's the emergency now that would justify this under that particular Mm -hmm. legal theory? Regardless, it's a statute. A statute doesn't override the Constitution anyway. So now now Reuters has a completely different authorization entirely or justification. It's not um, the post 9-11 authorization for use of military force or even the war powers resolution that we just went through. Now it's just that the Constitution supposedly says the president can act unilaterally if it's defensive. Here's Reuters reporting on the issue, quote, several progressive Democrats who criticized Biden noted that Article one of the U.S. Constitution requires that Congress authorize war, not the president. One of the checks and balances that are a hallmark of the U.S. political system. But the Constitution's Article two designates the president as commander in chief of the armed forces and gives him the authority to use military force without congressional authorization for defensive purposes. Supporters of Biden's move say such defensive purposes would include responding to attacks on U.S. bases in Iraq and Syria and commercial ships in the Red Sea. Now, first of all, Article 2 absolutely does not say that. There is no language in Article 2, which is the article that describes the presidency, that says 
The president has the unilateral authority to attack other countries if it's defensive. That text does not exist. The text describes in Section 2 the president as the commander-in-chief of the army and the navy and the militia of the states when they're called on to defend the United States. But there's this language of like, well, if it's defensive, he can do what he wants. That does not exist. That is just made up journalistic propaganda. But but let's say that that was valid. Is this actually even defensive, strictly speaking? Now, the reporting, of course, says there have been attacks on ships in the Red Sea. That part I don't dispute. There have been 27 in the last few months. Uh, but the reporting also says that this is a defensive response to attacks on U.S. bases in Iraq and Syria. And that would be news to me, at least that the Houthis are doing that, that, that that's what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Reuters reporting in October, and it could, I'm not saying it's definitely not. I'm just saying the idea that it, that's clearly what's happening here doesn't seem supported by their own reporting. Reuters reporting in October notes the U.S. intercepting uh, Houthi rockets supposedly headed at U.S. targets. But actually, you read down, uh, turns out, no, they were headed at Israel and the U.S. intercepted them. Reuters uh, notably links to nothing in this original story when they're saying that the Houthis have been directly attacking U.S. bases. Again, I'm not saying it's never happened. There is reporting that says Iran-backed militias have have attacked U.S. bases over the last few months, and the Houthis are categorized as an Iran-backed militia, so maybe that's what they're talking about. Again, it's not to say that such thing has never happened. It's just to say if it's so obvious that the Houthis are attacking America all the time, and this is a defensive action by the president to make sure those evil Houthis don't get us, the demonstration of the Houthis attacking U.S. personnel should be much more obvious than it is. They, they don't have that to show me. And yet this is an obviously legal defensive thing that nobody, nobody with any constitutional credibility should dispute. But again, that point doesn't even matter anyway, because this defensive constitutional authorization of presidential war making is just made up. If the president yep. can do whatever he wants in defense, why did Congress declare war on Japan in 1941? Mm-hmm. It was unnecessary. Why'd they do it? It was after Pearl Harbor. It was defensive. Yep. Why'd they, why did Congress authorize FDR? They didn't have to do that, according to this bizarre constitutional theory. Anyway, at least we can all get together. You know, Biden likes to brand himself as a unifier and it never really works out. In this one case, maybe he is. Everyone hates that he did, that he's doing this. At least uh, at least uh, many progressives do. In addition to some constitutional conservatives as well. Rashida Tlaib, Cory Bush, Pramila Jayapal, Ro Khanna, and more Democrats joined Mike Lee, Chip Roy, and others in criticizing the military action without congressional approval. Though I'm sure if the target was different the supposed constitutional principles of these people would evaporate as their loyalty to the constitution does whenever it becomes inconvenient otherwise. But um, yeah, well, and then I don't know if you saw, but similarly uh, over the weekend, there was more rioting, aggressive protesting, whatever you want to call it at the white house where they were chanting, fuck Joe Biden again, over uh, support for Palestine, anti-Israel stuff. And I just don't, I don't buy it. I don't buy that these people are going to, actually forego their support for Biden over Palestine, Israel. I think they're going to, I think they're going to get in line and vote for Joe, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they won't. Oh God. I don't think so either. They they all still have TDS. So. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I have no doubt that these members of Congress will be supporting Joe anyway. 
But that's where we are. Trust this dementia old man to bomb a foreign country on your behalf. And not only is it obviously legal, it's obviously wise too. What could go wrong? I didn't. Uh, yeah. well. <laughs> the ultimate black pill, though, is that the sound of mine, middle aged conservative, is also going to do this. Uh, oh, you mean the next president, whoever that is? In theory, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. It, it would be nice if we had a. And the thing is, if if Biden went to Congress to request authorization to uh, take action against the Houthis, I think Congress would probably support that. I, I don't think that that would take very long. I think he'd probably be authorized in short order. Yeah, I I, I, I guarantee he would have majority Republican support. Pro- uh, there'd probably be some of the Rashida Tlaib type who would oppose it because of all the Middle Eastern politics involved. But I think most Democrats would probably support his authorization in that too. Totally. Yeah. But totally. He's not gonna he's just not gonna do it because he doesn't have to. He just continues to to laugh at us, which uh what else is new? He doesn't face any penalty for that, so why would it change? This is why my baby is refusing to be born. <laughs> like I don't want to be involved in these weird conflicts abroad. She's afraid of the hooties, they're gonna get her. She is, yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, we're right at the top of the hour, so we'll take a break before we talk about Coach uh, Red Pill next. But, oh, good, because uh, I have to go potty. All right, all right cool. Let me uh, giant ass out of the seat. Already. Let me catch up with some chats here. Okay. Over on Rumble, Yakko1977 says, apparently Xi in China purged some of his generals a couple weeks ago for corruption. Not that I think we should emulate China, but I do wonder how much of our DEI-tainted military needs to be purged. We're going to get into that later because... Um, Of course, I think there's potential conflict with what's going on in Texas. But if it does come to the gay war, the gay war that has been prophesied for so long now, uh, a new report this week said that that the army, uh, the army's recruitment of white men is down 50 percent in the last five years. So the DEI army is less white than ever. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens when the rainbow army comes for you. We'll talk about that later in the show. Thank you, Yakko. The Hillbilly Deluxe, he says, uh, the real question is, why aren't more people seeing and mentioning how much John Kerry looks like Herman Munster? Um, yeah, that's probably true. I forget what my wife said today. Something about like a horse getting hit in the face with a car or something like that. But it, he does have one of the longest, flattest faces of all time. I don't have a side-by-side with Herman Munster, but I can see it. He does look like he belongs in the family. Thank you guys over on Rumble. Uh, on Odyssey, Rowdy Dude says, he is rowdy indeed. May I suggest the Batman character name? <laughs> I can't say that, but it, how can I say this without saying it? Because it's a very difficult one. This is a name for the... Um, for he said the, the uh, N-word. The criminal in Las Vegas who jumped over the bench and now looks like he's a Batman villain. Is it the, something Bane? The N-word lure. But just the short version <laughs> of the N-word lure. Rhymes with rhymes with pigler. That's, that's what he suggests. Okay. I have to disavow. Uh, but I Why? will take that's hilarious. <laughs> okay. Uh thank you for your uh, for your support, rowdy dude. Uh Okay, I, I got Rumble and Odyssey. We're good on D-Live. Thank you guys over there. But we're ready to start up on uh, Tippy and YouTube if you're ready. Are we in? Oh, my God. I'm a warrior woman. I'm a proud warrior woman. Everything's going to be fine. 
give birth to this baby today. It's going to be fine. Just doing my affirmations. Shut up! Silly woman. You have no idea what this is like. Okay, this sucks so much. I thought it was super chat time. Okay, all right. Uh, Captain Norway, he's the first one, right? Yeah. You yeah. didn't read any of these? No, I didn't read any of these. My job relies in part on getting goods on time. So when some inbred 10th generation goat enjoying sand, can I say this? You can say Kaniga. Yeah. You guys, th- think of all the options when we can say Kaniga. Kaniga. Starts blasting random freighters. I take that personally because it screws up my day. Fuck those guys. Love you. Hope the birth goes well. Thank you. I had a listener reach out to me. And I can't say who this is, but there's a listener in our audience who's next door neighbors with the Kanegas. Okay. How can you that uh, now if the Kanegas are listening, which they're not, um, they're going to know. What did they say? Uh, Well, this person told me he was going to speak with the uh, the very nice Kanegas anyway. (laughs) Oh, just said, you know, you're closer to the Kanegas than you realize. And actually what I said in response was I am like actually very interested in talking to any of the Kanigas, but I feel like it would be disrespectful because I would just ask them, what's it like to be named the N word? I know your thoughts. That person emailed you. Uh, yeah. To say I'm neighbors with the Kanigas. The subject line wasn't my niggas, the Kanigas. <laughs> you can't do that. You <laughs> broke the rules. Now I, hey, I, I it, it, it was a soft A. No, no. It was a gentle landing. It's, Raju Mohan's going to get us for that. <laughs> there is no way if we're not yeah. getting canigged that we're going to get we're going to get it for that. We've no already way. run this bit too far, and I love Mojack. running bits into the ground, but we need to move on. <laughs> Mojack, we're doing. Saw your tweet, blonde on X. You left out Neanderthal DNA and whites and Asians, not just Sub-Saharan Africa. I found a book you might like, DNA science and the Jewish bloodline, bro. Okay, because I'm trying to distract myself from the eminence of um, my vagina getting ripped apart. I have been tweeting so hard lately and just laughing, just laughing at my own tweets. Just, I just think I'm so funny. If you guys aren't following my Twitter, it's blondes underscore tweets. And I promise you, <laughs> it'll be worth it. You follow it. Anyway, somebody, uh, the, the Crescent Scenes. Oh, good for you. Are the Crescent Scenes real? That's, I did see real? the tweet that he's talking about and because my wife saw it and I said, Blonde is out here tweeting like the Crescent Scenes are real guys. They must not be real because like that tweet that they that they wrote that I responded to, I was like, this is just fucking retarded. Like, to be honest, I'm not sure. But they their, pers- their progressive perspectives are so delusional. Sometimes I can't believe that they're real. Well, the tweet really quickly, the, tw- the tweet was like, the average black um, family savings is $17,000 and the average white family savings is $170,000. And then they tweeted like one of them, I can't tell them apart. One of them was like, how could this be explained in any other way than systemic racism? And I'm over here like, there, there, I have like 40 other explanations. Yeah, in the same way, my, some of my friends have more savings than I do and some of them have less savings than I do. That's, yeah. that's how that happens. Oh, mint 20 a reminder that Nikki Haley's real name is Niramo Nimarada. Yeah. I can't even say it. Rondhawa. Rondhawa. We cannot allow this foreigner to run around LARPing as though she's a member of our body politic <laughs> and not just another import from India. That's true. Yeah. Raja Mahan would so like light? a word. Yeah. At least Vivek is like. Dude. Well, Vivek has had some great moments lately for sure. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, on, on, on her appearance, he's not hiding it though. He's not bleaching his skin. He's like Indian street food guy. No, he's like right. He's riding a magic carpet into his yeah. every appearance. He's not hiding oh. it at all. Uh, although t- I don't know, I call him Aladdin, but like that's not really Indian. You know, that's that's more like Saudi or something like that. But whatever it is Aladdin. He's very Aladdin-like, so I'm just going to go with the bit. But um, but as far as Nikki Haley, I, I should go back and look because I saw a picture of her when she was younger, and she looked so much more Indian. Whatever work she has done, it, 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 her skin is paler. What did she do to become less Indian in appearance? Because she definitely mm. did some stuff. I don't know. Anyway. Um, last one for right now, and then we'll circle back. Holden Mulray. Hi, truth seekers. I'm not sure if y'all saw it, but we came close to losing our whole democracy this weekend. 113 is a day that lives in infamy right up there with the intro of New Coke or Star Wars <sighs> sequels. Yeah, those were bad days as well. But uh, thank um, you. Holden. I'll have to just Appreciate circle it. back with you. We'll come back to your chats at the end of the stream as well. But uh, let's get back into the news and talk about, well, what you know about the reported death of Gonzalo Lira, who went by the YouTube name of Coach Red Pill and was imprisoned in Ukraine for some time. And now they're saying he's died in Ukrainian prison. Uh, yeah, I mean, it seems like that's like that's definitely happened. So Alex Rubenstein shared this letter on Twitter, um, which was allegedly written by Coach Red Pill on January 4th. And he was talking about his health and uh, he said he had double pneumonia pneumothorax, a severe case of body swelling. He was um, in a Ukrainian detention facility. And then his father came out, uh, did an interview with Tucker. This is, I don't know, a few months ago, claimed that his son was being tortured. And then his father's come out recently and said that he has died in Ukrainian prison um, on January 12th. So the last that I heard of Coach Red Pill after he had initially escaped authorities was that he was trying to surreptitiously cross the border, but he was making a YouTube video about it. And he was like, I'm going to get caught and then I'm going to get killed. And it seems like that's exactly what happened. I mean, I, um, I knew coach Redfield, like I hung out with him in Austria and he was a cool guy. And ever all the people on the ride are like, yeah, but what he was doing is fucking stupid. I'm like, that might be true. Okay. He was in a war torn country, openly advocating, for the alternative regime. But the thing about this is that he was right. Like I never saw a video that he made when he was in Ukraine where I was like, Oh, that's just bullshit. What he was doing was ill-advised and it was dangerous, but he didn't deserve to die. His um, wife was Ukrainian. You know, she I was I, not with him as far as she I wasn't know. with him at all. I no. I would certainly agree that it's unwise. And maybe the <laughs> Ukrainian wife is a reason to be there that I don't understand. Um, but and and I'll I'll qualify my comments with this too because as far as I understand this is like the fifth time he's died. There have been reports of his death. His or- father has never told Tucker Carlson that he's okay. Dead so dead. and I read yeah. a report that it was confirmed by the U.S. State Department, but then I also read another report that it wasn't. So I oh, I haven't know. seen that. I'd be very interested to see that because as far as I've seen, the government has said nothing about this. And and mm-hmm. I think um, that there are two things. There's the, there's the personal for him. And then there's what's going on with our government, because as a, an international politics matter, this is a U.S. citizen. He was a, a citizen of, of the United States and Chile who was detained in Ukraine for speech crimes, for speaking out against Zelensky and company in what is commonly characterized as a pro-Russian perspective. Now, 
I don't know a lot about what he had to say, whether it's legit Putin propaganda or whether it's perfectly reasonable. The point is his crimes were not uh, going in and like spying for Putin or committing sabotage on behalf of Putin or committing assassinations on behalf of Putin or something like that. This is a guy who's making videos saying Zelensky's full of shit. And so we're always told that Ukraine is the last line of defense for freedom and human rights. And we have to defend that shining beacon on the hill of Eastern Europe from the evil authoritarian in Putin in, in Russia. Okay, they, they took a U.S. citizen, they put him in prison for speech crimes, they let him rot, and now he's dead. And our government and apparently... no one gives a fuck. Like, no one even cares. I did see uh, Vivek and Elon Musk tweeting about this, which I found encouraging. But my issue with this is like, okay, we're going to give... Uh, billions of dollars to this foreign conflict that we should have no involvement in because we're deep deeply involved in uh money laundering and other just incredible levels of corruption that cannot even be fathomed by the average american and um we're just going to let one of our citizens get murdered in their country and like no one cares about it but the hoops that we jumped through no pun intended for britney fucking right <laughs> that was a good one definitely okay. pun intended it's just incredible to me. And like, I didn't know him super well. Like we haven't spent a ton of time together, but this is the first person that I've known that's died in a truly pointless foreign conflict. Well, it really is his fault when you consider he, sh- he could have just become a hideous lesbian at any point and got himself <laughs> rescued. You're like, all right, do of- blackface, get really good at basketball, start smoking weed. And then we, we can get you out. You're out. Yeah. You're definitely out. No, I, I mean, and, and, Maybe that maybe they just need to confirm to get try to give our government officials as much credit as possible. Maybe the State Department is working diligently to confirm and then we'll hear some sort of condemnation about how this was unjust. And if Ukraine wants our support, I don't care, though, at this point, it's, he it got would, arrested multiple times. Like, where were they the first time he got arrested? That's true. That's true. I'm just saying uh, for my criticism that they've said nothing so far, maybe they will say something. Uh, but I I don't know. We'll see. I, I kind of doubt that they will. I just who cares? Who gives a shit is the answer from the State Department and your government, because that's freedom in Eastern Europe or something like that. I understand people's like fucked around and, and found out arguments. I'm seeing a lot of that. Like, uh, I remember messaging yeah. him at the beginning of this and being like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like you have young children. Get out of there. Never heard back from him and now he's dead. I certainly understand that. I just don't think that undoes the unjust acts committed by Ukraine of and the propaganda not. that yeah. we're told the- that they respect, that that they're somehow, you know, respecting free speech rights and that they're yeah. obviously democratic and blah, 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 blah. No, I mean, fucked around and found out could be true. Also treated unjustly seems definitely true. So, yeah, uh, both can be true together. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm still really bummed out, though. He has kids that I think they're like seven and nine. And they are they were with him or I, I guess no. obviously if he's in prison. They're not with him. But did they go to Ukraine with him or what happened to them? He, no, he had a place in Amsterdam. Uh, and I, I assume that his family is still there. I, I think that they fled Ukraine. I don't I don't know why he was by himself hmm. because I lost contact with him as soon as he was in Ukraine. We never talked again. Well, there you go. Feds blonde was in contact with coach red pill at some point. Better 
Another reason to kick down that door, I suppose. <laughs> Just kidding. Come from my door. Just kidding. You have a war in Texas to fight. Don't worry about yeah. it. We'll get to that later. Uh, okay. You want to talk about the diversity airlines? Because yeah. well, let me let me qualify by saying this is all wild speculation because there's no evidence that the person who's responsible for the door flying off the Alaska Airlines plane this past week was a diversity hire. That is all wild Bro, speculation. We can't fly anymore. Like we, Dude, I'm, uh, I'm going to be thinking about this stuff for sure. Like if I'm going to fly again, I want full visual access to the cockpit. So that I can analyze the race and gender. I want people. side profile. I want the full. Although it doesn't even matter. Wait, I, I always need clarification. Physiology it doesn't matter because yeah. this 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 was people that these were people that uh, built parts on the plane. So even if I have the assurance that it's a middle aged white man and co pilot, it doesn't matter because some black chick probably forgot to put plugs in the door. You mean? She went to the engineering academy at uh, United <laughs> Airlines. You don't know what you're talking about. In Compton, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. So let's start with what the status of the investigation is for the door that blew off an Alaska Airlines airplane in flight, but everybody's fine miraculously. How a kid's shirt got sucked off? It's insane. There, yeah. There was there were there were no people sitting in those chairs. Like what a stroke of luck. People are saying like, I, like even officials are like, I can't believe nobody was killed in this. They were able to make an emergency landing, I think outside of Portland or no, they took off from Portland. They were able to make an emergency landing and everybody was fine. So, um, but what seemed to happen was there were loose bolts found on door plugs of several of these max nine aircrafts. Okay. So, so not, okay. not so even they the inspected a bunch more in the same <clears throat> issue. Yes. So this probe that they're um, that they are initiating is going to examine whether Boeing failed to ensure that the jet conformed to its design and whether its aircraft quote were in a condition for safe operations and compliance with the FAA regulations. It also added that the investigation stems from the doors pl- the door plugs blowout and unnamed additional discrepancies. So that wasn't even the only problem. But I haven't read anything about the ongoing investigation because they um, it's going to take a while. But they have said that this week they were not able to find four bolts that are used to help secure the 63-pound door plug. So four bolts were missing, at least. And then these additional discrepancies. So the question Um, is, like, were they just missing on installation? Did they fly off because they were improperly installed when that door flew off? They were missing on installation because they said that this was not the only affected plane. Oh, yeah, I guess that. Well, yeah, if they're missing on the other planes and they're not just loose or something like that, then yeah. Well, I suppose it could have been an installation problem that affected all planes during flight. But I think we would have heard about it if if this happened in any other flight. Um, They are not sure whether or not the bolts were there, were even there before the plane took off. Okay. So. So naturally, it is speculated that uh, what might explain such an egregious oversight error could be particular hiring and human resources priorities of the airline companies as in the, the airline operators and, or the actual airplane manufacturers starting with spirit aerosystems. Boeing is the manufacturer of the plane, uh, but the plane fuselage, those are manufactured by a company called spirit aerosystems. And like most virtue signaling companies these days, spirit publicly 
celebrates diversity, equity, and inclusion, otherwise known as DEI. And they don't just advertise it, they practice it too. Now, there was a, a video promotional recently released by Spirit showing their engineering dream team. Again, this is not the dream team of like flight attendants or the dream team of the lady who helps you check in at the airport. This is their dream team of engineers, they say. Let's go, girls. I'm going out tonight. I'm feeling all right. Gonna let it all hang out. You know who I hate the most out of all of these people in this video? Uh, it's that one Asian bitch. It's like, <laughs> wait, wait. it was Can your I... responsibility, girl. Which one is that? I, I don't know. I see like five browns. One of those chicks is Asian. I mean, she uh, on the left. My, yeah, she, but she, she, she looks like look Pacific Chinese, Islander. Though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still. It's incumbent on her to fix the math, okay? <laughs> fix all one. this woman math. Yeah, it's on you, maybe Filipino chick. I'm sorry you're not Chinese. But you're I the closest we have. <laughs> you're the best we got, okay? <laughs> so it's on you. Now I would have played more of it so we could get a closer look, but uh, Shania Twain's "Man, I Feel Like a Woman" is a copyrighted work, and so they oh. don't allow me to play anymore. Now, when she um, says, "Man, I feel like a woman," did you have video footage of the uh, the door blowing out of? The <laughs> no, that would have been a good. Uh, it would have been. Is there video of it? I didn't know there. I don't think there is, but that would have been a good edit if there was. Um, no confirmation that one of these women in women in STEM, as they call them, engineered or installed the door. But it, given the priorities of the company, it's possible that it was. Now, Boeing, who manufactured the plane, uh, they have bonuses at their company actually awarded to the CEO and other executives for meeting certain diversity goals in hiring. In fact, this was recently revived uh, or uh, revised, I should say, in recent years, um, that that certain executive bonuses were moved away from financial performance and toward DEI hiring goals. So you've got the fuselage manufacturer saying, really, female engineering is important to us. You got the the actual plane assembly company or manufacturing company, Boeing, paying their executives based on how many minorities or women they hire. Again, it's not to say that there's direct evidence that A caused B, but there's certainly, you know, A is established and B definitely happened. So you make links that you deem appropriate. Likewise, you have the airline operator, in this case, Alaska Airlines. They've been prioritizing pride in recent years. In fact, they had a rainbow colored plane that they were, they had rainbow planes all over the plane. Fly with pride. It says on the Alaska uh, plane in this particular report from June, 2021 for pride month. Last year, they had a special gay pride flight from San Francisco to LA. Plus the passengers on this gay pride flight got a free Alaska ticket to any other destination of their choosing and to hype up their very proud passengers. Alaska hired a gay hype man named Ravi, the host of a gay travel company. Plus they had drag queen flight attendants. Walk like 
We deserve what we get. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. If, if we think now I, I get the, the counter, they'll say, oh, they had one gay flight. What is that? Does that mean that the people who are working at the factory are insincere? It's it's a window into the priority of the company. OK, if the priorities of the company are anything other than best person for the job, safest, most efficient flight possible. If it's all this rainbow bullshit on the side, distraction distraction away from things that are very important from a life and death perspective while flying 30,000 feet in the sky. Eventually that distraction burns somebody. So who's going to get burned? Is it going to be you? Is it going to be me? Is it going to be somebody else on a plane? And it's not just Alaska. You think you're escaping it by avoiding Alaska. No, you're not. I mean, Delta Delta's had all kinds of stuff, but this Delta in their, their inclusive language guide, they're telling their employees, make sure when you write black and brown, you capitalize that B. But if it's some white bitch that you're describing, lowercase w. What? It's totally different. Black and brown people get the capital B. Southwest. This week, they posted a picture of an all-female flight crew and said, go off, Queens. And then they deleted that tweet. I think actually because that plane went down and the wreckage was never recovered. So they thought it was poor poor taste. As one observer in response to this tweet noted, hey, even if that flight properly costs 30% less, I am not getting on that plane. Nor should you. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't. Where's the all Asian flight crew designer of fuselage pilot? There's the there's them. I will I will pay 100% more to fly. On that airline, <laughs> you can you can count on that. I would think, uh, and then and United at, at some level, like we're looking at you know flight attendants, or we're looking at gay hype guys in Alaska's case. Again, it's not just support personnel. We're talking about people responsible for engineering and the pilots themselves. United wants diverse pilots because pilots, of course, are overwhelmingly white men. So United launched a diversity academy to undo. The, uh, the 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 having too many white men as pilots in its first diversity academy pilot graduation in 2022, United was happy to report that 80 percent of the graduates were women and minorities. Now, my question is how how is it only 80 percent? This is the diversity academy. How did white guys get in there? Who are those white guys who managed to break into the diversity academy? How are they 20 percent? They're homosexuals. Ah, oh, that's you're probably exactly right. They're trannies or gays. I didn't even think of that. 100% correct. Yeah, they're, they're white men. No, they're uh, they're female to male trannies. Got it. No word on whether they're actually good qualified pilots, though. We didn't get a report on that. And recall simultaneously, there's a pilot shortage due in part to kicking out, uh, kicking all the good ones off the job for refusing to get the vaccine. So worry about that, too. And sincerely speaking, as you were mentioning, you have to wonder... What's fascinating about this case is just how miraculous it was that the door blew off the plane while it's flying and everybody's fine. And to the extent you believe in like the universe giving you clues or a higher power kind of telling you like, hey, here's it's like Spider-Man and Family Guy. You know, everyone gets one. You better learn your lesson. Everyone gets one. Yeah. You got a DUI. Quit drinking. (laughs) Yes, exactly. What is going on here? No, no. And you know what it was? It's because some white guy designed those seats. 
or whatever safety feature the kept seat those belt or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So I look at this and I think like the universe gave us a freebie and it's telling us learn this lesson the easy way while you can or be an idiot and learn it the hard way and be the one who sucked out and flying on an impromptu skydiving uh, escapade to your death while you kind of, while you I remember me for being virtuous and supporting <laughs> diversity as you're free falling to splatter, you know, on someone in someone's backyard or something. So, and everyone's going after Elon Musk for saying that like Elon Musk was tweeting about this this week. Uh, he's looking at again, condition a that airlines and plane companies, and all the companies involved in this are prioritizing things other than, who's the most qualified for very important jobs and looking at what should have been a deadly event, but wasn't, you can reach your own conclusion, how related those two things are, but he's saying people are going to die due to DEI. No doubt. Yeah. Like yeah. You, you prioritize this. People are definitely going to die and he's getting pushback from civil rights leaders. In fact, the NAACP president, Derek Johnson responded by saying, well, actually uh, white supremacist conspiracy theories that you're promoting are going to get people killed. Who cares? Uh, and they're definitely not. They're definitely not going to get. It's not a white supremacist conspiracy theory to say like, hey, uh, especially with like airplanes, hire the most qualified person. Yeah. It's like really important, you know. <laughs> it's, it's really important. <laughs> this guy. It, it's more important than than I, I think that not more important, but like when, when you do this with a surgeon or something like that, you're able to obscure that from the general public. For a while, you know, you've got some black surgeon. She just keeps killing people. It's like they'll just pass around different hospitals. Nobody will figure it out. Is this a, a real story it, or a hypothetical? Uh, is, is there a true a, crime episode on this one? <laughs> I mean, it's going to happen in all. Yeah. You know, it, wherever there is a diversity initiative, there will be suboptimal uh, employees. But anywhere, anywhere. So when, the, But when a plane blows up, I mean, it's pretty hard to lie to the general public about that, right? Yeah, well, uh, what... If the worst of what is worried about here happens, there will be more of these events and we're going to get the same explanation we get with the tranny shootings. No, no, that's very rare. What are you talking about? No, that has nothing to do with anything. Tranny shootings are normal, actually. And it's really white guys. Actually, white guys crash most planes. Don't you know? White, yeah. gra- white guys are responsible for most plane crashes. That's Maybe how we need go. more plane explosions. <laughs> I guess it's what we deserve at this point. No, but if it's going to, down the road, save lives... Then I'll just stop flying for a little while. I re- I don't fly too much. Like maybe a couple times a year, um, we go see my wife's family, and maybe I'll have like one business related thing or something. So it's really no more than two or three times a year for me. It's already difficult enough to fly with a toddler and certainly a newborn that we've added recently. So that's its own consideration. But now yeah. that I really have to question, like, hey. Is everybody who's responsible for my safety, were they actually selected because they were the top person who performed on that job? Or were they selected well, for the good any news other reason? Is you don't have to question that anymore because yeah, you know. they weren't. <laughs> yeah. so <And> it's okay. <laughs> not that I, um, it's, it's especially a big consideration when my kids are involved. Not that I'm looking to make my kids fatherless at any point, but when it's their lives, I have to put on the line in addition to my own. It makes that consideration um, extra difficult. And I know, I know the the count statistically it's, it's much safer to get in the air than it is to get in your car and drive is that down shit the road. Even true. I don't even, know. I think it is, but you know, I, I, 
And I suppose anytime I'm getting on the road, I'm trusting like the other drivers not to cross the center lane and hit my family or something. Uh, it's, it's, it's whether it's statistically true or not, it's sort of a principle of the matter thing. I am trusting my family's safety to someone else. Somebody else. And I know that that person or that group of people, uh, they were selected for a reason other than being a top performer on the job. And that's mm-hmm. just on principle. That's something that uh, is hard to reconcile in my mind. So I don't know. I mean, I'm definitely not going to say I'm never flying again, but uh, I, I'm going to be vigilant about yeah. my evaluation of what's going on at the airport. That's for sure. Anyway, uh, we'll learn this lesson the hard way. It seems we learn all the lessons the hard way. Would you have anything, anything else to say on that before we talk about what's going on at the border? No, let's talk about that. All right. Well, this, uh, it, it's getting confrontational really, uh, at the Texas, Mexico border as the Texas national guard is actually doing something to stop border crossings because of course the federal government will not. Starting on Wednesday night, Texas state troopers and National Guard members took full control of a 47-acre park. This is called Shelby Park. They were building wire fencing around the park and closing it off to the public. And it's not just closing it off to the public. This is right on the Rio Grande. Well, it's a very commonly crossed spot in the river for migrants uh, in, in Eagle Pass. And Eagle Pass in general is one of the hot spots for border crossings. But the Texas National Guard is actually denying access not just to the public, but to the feds. In fact, the reporting says they kicked feds out. They evicted feds from this park. Uh, I don't know how that I don't know what happened there. I don't know. It's, I gather. I don't think it was like pointing guns at them or something, but it was like, this is ours. Now you're going to have to leave. Border Patrol had been using this park because there was a boat launching ramp that they would use to launch their um, their boats into the river. Now, I presume Texas is doing this for a couple of factors. Number one, we know that when the feds grab migrants out of the river, they don't take the boat back over to the Mexico side and say, go away that way, head south. They take them to the U.S. side for processing. So I would assume that Texas, the Texas National Guard, Texas government, they're trying to block access from that boat launch so that the feds can't use it to take migrants out of the water and into the U.S. anymore. And I would assume if there's a boat launch there, that's probably one of the naturally easier spots for people just to kind of wade across the river or swim across the river to get to that point. So that's why this boat launch is so important. Um, The report says, uh, this report that I was looking at here says, um, it's not clear what will happen uh, or what the National Guard soldiers will do if any migrants attempt to cross the border into Shelby Park. But there is video of these National Guard soldiers with riot shields actually physically blocking migrants. They put up wire, too. This same Breitbart report here describes witnessing the Texas National Guard detaining migrants. Unclear what will happen to them. But recall that Texas has just passed a law that calls for criminally charging and imprisoning illegal immigrants. So I assume Mm. maybe they're taking a a criminal approach to this, but I'm not sure. That makes me feel so good. The feds are fighting this in court. The DOJ has made a court filing asking the Supreme Court to intervene and overrule a Fifth Circuit decision that prevents the feds from cutting the the, the wire that we just saw that, that Texas officials and the National Guard have installed along the border. 
Governor Greg Abbott says Texas uh, is authorized and and to take control of the park, that taking control of the park is legal. Quote, Texas has the legal authority to control ingress into any geographical location in the state of Texas, he said. Uh, three, and then, and then this has become even more controversial. Now, I think that this is somewhat a piece of propaganda. I'm not convinced that this is actually legit, at least as described, but they're saying, oh, as a result of this, inhumane policy and keeping the hero feds out of there. A woman and her two young children died because they drowned in the Rio Grande on Friday. The feds said they were notified by the Mexican government of the woman's distress, but they were unable to enter the water to save her because of the state of Texas's blockade. Mexican officials then entered the water and recovered the bodies. Uh, identities and exact ages were unavailable. But again, supposedly a mom and her two kids. It's true. Don't care. Well, if uh, I mean, I care if kids, I'm not happy kids die, but yes, but you know, the the situation that you're putting your child in is inherently dangerous. Yes. How responsible for this am I? I'll tell you 0%. Correct. I I would agree with that for sure. Uh, And I'm not even sure how true it is as described. Because in its own statement, the Texas military department disputed that narrative, saying uh, its personnel were made aware of a distress report but could find no migrants needing help in the river and later were made aware of an incident nearby on the Mexican side of the river that did not require their help. My bet in this case is fed lie for their narrative. But full disclosure, my bet is always fed lie. Fed lie is like a lock. You can always count on that. But yeah, as you mentioned, even if true. If she and her kids drowned, who's that on? Is that on her for taking this risk to try to enter our country illegally? Or is that on us? Is it our responsibility to save her? It It's always incredibly risky to enter a country illegally, and it should be. And those who want to do it should be aware of the risks and consequences of attempting it. So again, not happy that the kids died. Uh, sounds like their their mom kind of sucks. Or maybe their yeah. mom is in, you know, maybe their mom is a genuine asylum seeker who's being chased by the cartels. And if yeah, that's the case, yeah. cartels fault. The premise that our country is responsible for it, I accept 0%. And I don't think anybody should. But uh, the big question is what happens next? As our friend Justin over at Phoenix Ammunition asks, uh, how long until the feds try to Waco the Texas National Guard? Because uh, yeah, I'm sure imminently that's what's going to happen. The, uh, are the feds going to sit back? Because remember, they're already restrained by a, a, an appeals court decision that says, "Hey, you can't cut that fence," at least for now. Are the feds going to sit back and say, "Well, uh, I guess uh, I guess the federal courts said the state of Texas is legal is legally operating in its capacity to defend, to defend its own borders." I guess we just have to leave it there, or are we going to see? escalation, increased tensions between the Texas National Guard and federal police forces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I I don't think that the question of how long until Waco 2, I don't think that that's exaggerated at all. I could certainly see this escalating into some kind of uh, some kind of armed conflict, to be honest. Agreed. Yep. Uh, and when the gay war hits, because this could be the Lexington and Concord of the gay war this standoff between the feds and the Texas national guard. Uh, the good news is when the gay war comes, 
the feds are increasingly a rainbow army. So it's not the most qualified person who's building hey, the airplane. There's a silver lining. Look it's, at that. It's not the most qualified person who is um, who's serving as an officer in the gay war either. I love sure, that this sure. is shocking. Supposedly to army leadership, this is a shocking report. Military.com reported that the army's recruitment of white men, or maybe I'm mischaracterizing it. I guess they just say white soldiers, but I'm sure white men are driving this. Army's recruitment of white soldiers dropped 50% in the last five years, or almost half. What could possibly go wrong? They are baffled. They, they, it's not as simple as one factor, they say, which is true. You know, I mean, you guys pandered to many a bullshit factor. <laughs> it's not just one. You guys have done a whole, uh, a whole sequence of propaganda that explains this. But, uh, of course, one counter could be, well, the, the army and the military, they're, they're having trouble recruiting in general because of things like the vaccine mandate or whatever. Um, but Hispanic and black recruitment has stayed flat. So this is a uniquely white drop in people signing up to join the army. And as I mentioned, army staff, according to the report, they're baffled by this trend. And they say it isn't easily explained by any one particular factor, but as though it's some mystery that white guys are tired of being told that they suck because they're white and they're tired of being forcibly vaxxed and they're tired of being sent to die in foreign wars that have nothing to do with American interest. And, you know, I I can offer a little bit of white guy perspective myself, though I don't have military experience, but I can tell you, I am not enthusiastic about the prospect of going into a combat zone with some disabled Muslim tranny watching my six. I yeah. I would prefer not that. I would prefer any other guy. I would prefer not that. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to side up for the army under that premise that this is going to be some socially engineered diversity core that I'm serving in when I'm in some hostile foreign combat zone. And I need to know that the guy who has my six is competent, not some diversity hire. So, yeah, I mean, what a mystery. Why would white men? Why are they not signing up for that anymore? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, you, you don't have to tell me. It, it, it always shocks me. Or it doesn't shock me. It's hilarious to me that people pretend to be shocked when they propagandize by saying white people suck. And then they're, they're, they're shocked. Hey, where, where did Whitey go? Why doesn't he, why doesn't he want to be here anymore? Oh, yeah. Man. And then everything goes to shit. And then they, they, yeah. White, white guy come back and fix it all. Okay. Oh, oh, it's time. It's time for hoax hate. It's already that time of the night. And now the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit. It's backwards. You think they'll notice? This is not a hoax per se, but this is an attempt to make something that is definitionally not a crime into a crime because of its hateful component. And I just thought this was interesting because whenever we accept the premise of hate crime, that you're, you, if you were hateful in attacking someone, you had a mean opinion of them, that that makes it a qualitatively different crime. If you accept that premise, inevitably it goes toward punishing your opinion itself, not just the action. Well, In Toronto, just before Christmas, there was a pro-Palestine protest, and a man apparently waved the flag of the Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine. So this is some 
pro-Palestine, anti-Israel protests, whatever. I have no idea what that group is. According to the report, they want like a communist state in Palestine. May very well be terroristic in their tactics. To the extent they're described as communists, I probably don't like them very much. But this guy is not he, this guy is not accused by the police of committing a terrorist attack. He's accused only of waving a flag. Headline CBC. Police say a man waved a terror group's flag. Here's why it may be difficult to prosecute as a hate crime. And I would think, well, because waving a flag is not a crime. That's why it's difficult to prosecute as a hate crime. Instead, the premise of the, of the article is, well, I mean, clearly this is a gap in the law. Clearly we're going to have to Good Lord. close this loophole. Here's a, a sampling of the reading. Uh, Toronto police chief Myron. I don't even know how to say this guy's name. Myron Dem Demku. Whatever. The Toronto police chief told CBC Radio's Metro Morning that the 41-year-old man was charged for allegedly waving a flag of the PFLP, which Public Safety Canada lists as a terrorist entity. They say the group seeks, quote, the destruction of the state of Israel and the establishment of a communist government in Palestine. In other words, simply waving a flag isn't quite a crime, but Canadian authorities want it to be. The man is charged with public incitement of hatred by waving this flag but legal experts are unsure if the charge will stick. They want to get him. They just can't quite figure out the angle from the story. Prosecution of the man alleged, uh, prosecution of the man alleged to have waved the flag. Or, sorry. Prosecutors allege that the man waved a flag associated with the popular front for the liberation of Palestine while marching through the city's downtown last Sunday but uh, they're saying this prosecution will be a real uphill battle. And this is according to uh, Ms. Barbara Perry, the director of the Center on Hate, Bias, and Extremism at Ontario Tech University. The standard has been set so high for the prosecution of what we call propaganda offenses, she said. It's hard to say if a symbol is in and of itself enough to demonstrate incitement to hatred. As well, Perry noted that prosecution of the Toronto man would be challenging because Canada doesn't have legislation banning the glorification of terrorism like some European countries do. Okay, so again, the premise is this is bullshit. The premise is not this is bullshit that they brought charges in the first place because this guy was waving a flag with a symbol on it. That you right. Know. The premise is, well, I mean, clearly we're going to have to modernize our laws to be more like Europe so that pieces of cloth with certain shapes on them, just having that and waving it is uh, grounds to put you in prison. And and the point, this might fail, given the, given the legal structure in Canada. When I say this might fail, I mean trying to put this guy in prison or yeah. getting a criminal conviction of him. So the point here is not necessarily that they'll find a way to get this guy in this particular case. The point is that they want to. And the point is that simply... Um, is that they view simply waving a flag or presenting a symbol as a hate crime or mm -hmm. a piece of hate itself. In other words, it, it, it tells you that the speech or the viewpoint or the perspective is the target. The premise of hate crime has always been deceptive because they lead you to believe, well, it's just about the extra punishment on things like murder or vandalism or things that are already obviously crimes, attacking a person physically, taking their property, damaging their property. That's not sufficient. It it won't end for people who believe in this particular view of the law. It won't end until they can actually criminalize your viewpoint itself. And that's what hate crime has. The concept of hate crime has always been 
designed to go after. And that's why that concept has to be rejected in the first place. You give the philosophy of a hate crime enough time and enough legitimacy in the in the law, they will come for your opinion itself. And in many instances, we're already there. But uh, but yeah, like flags with certain shapes on them is where we're headed. Jeez, yeah, no surprise there. So, I, I guess take solace in the fact that it's Canada <clears throat> for now. But how long until it's here in the U.S.? I give it give it a decade or so. Maybe not even that long. Anyway, do you have any uh, commentary on that or you want to talk Unforgiven? I do want to talk Unforgiven. All I right. wonder what you thought. Well, let's get into it. In a world of movie references flying over his head, one man will finally watch them. This is the Matt and Blonde Show Movie Review. This week's movie is the 1992 Clint Eastwood, Gene Hackman, Morgan Freeman Western Unforgiven, in which a reformed outlaw gets dragged back into outlawing because all he actually knows how to do is outlaw. From movie picker Electric Ninja, a slow burn story of revenge with a pretty nice payoff, Clint Eastwood's final Western, before he said goodbye to the genre, truly lives up to the title Unforgiven. Now, the AI face swap art is excellent as always. I thought Am that, I all the prostitutes? That's so funny. <laughs> I was thinking like after you know, after the gay war is over and times are really tough, this is blonde getting entrepreneurial is, is how I envisioned this. This is and your, I'm the bald guy. This is your entire house full of daughters trying to make do after the gay war. That's where we're headed. Uh and so funny. I am once again asking for your hit piece for digital blackface as Morgan Freeman. So I would appreciate that. This is just my favorite thing. And if you if you think you're wow, funny, you as Clint Eastwood, if All you right. um, you approve, you think that's a good look. Yeah. All right. Never looked better. Well, okay. I guess I'll take the compliment, even though it's fictional. Uh, <laughs> if you think you look good as the guy who runs the whorehouse, uh, well, I guess uh, consider yourself as the Schofield kid. Then what? What the hell? Let's try again. Sorry. Then what? I guess I'd rather be blind and ragged than dead. You don't have to worry, kid. I ain't gonna kill you. You're the only friend I got. That also could be a post-gay war depiction. I don't know. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. All right. As always, your review and your rating. I quite like this. Um... Clint Eastwood, is, he's so rugged and handsome, and I like this thing of him being tamed by a woman. But then he's like choked by the normality of his mundane life, and then he's drawn back to the lifestyle by the allure of easy money. <laughs> and then he realizes that he's too old for the game, only to ultimately discover that he hadn't really changed at all. And wasn't that the heart of the movie? I thought it was really smart commentary on people being who they are like you can change your behavior and you can change your life but if you're really a killer like if it's if that's who you are deep down in your soul you're gonna die a killer and and it called into question like whether or not his repentance was um genuine and how much your past really defines who you are uh i 
I liked it. And it was also an indictment of the morality of the people surrounding him because they're all like, oh, you're killer Clint or whatever. They, I don't, I don't know. Um, but, but was he that much worse than any of the people surrounding him? And Gene Hackman, who was the law or the guy that lied about all of his um, life experiences for his book. I mean, no, they, they were all, except for Morgan Freeman's character, they were all pretty much uh, morally bankrupt individuals. Um, it did have this meandering element in the middle there where I was like, I'm bored. But that didn't last too long. I think that that was something of a flaw, like an editing problem. But Westerns are often like that. Um, anyway, I, th- I thought it was great. I really enjoyed watching it. I gave it a four or five. Wow. Well, I enjoyed it a little bit less, but I didn't hate it. Mm. Uh as far as what I liked, this was true in the Outlaw Josie Wales too, which is the other Eastwood directed Western that we've reviewed. Mm-hmm. I do appreciate when a movie just gets straight to the action. And in this case, it was slashing up a whore's face, which is certainly a way to make an entry. I like, If you're trying yeah. to get me to pay attention for a full presentation, don't I'm lull listening. me to sleep to start. And, and Eastwood seems to get that, which I appreciate yeah. definitely in this case. Has the classic Eastwood lines that, at least a couple of them, I think, have some philosophical meaning or value. The classic deserves got nothing to do with it line before he shoots him in the face. And we all have it coming, kid. And this isn't like amazingly philosophically profound because it's really just the adult version of life's not fair. But it is something that is is fundamental. What happens to you and what's fair or what's right are two different things. It doesn't mean that we should try to behave immorally or mistreat one another or ourselves. But it does mean that the less time you spend blaming others or blaming the world or blaming circumstance for your misfortune, the more time you spend actually doing something about it, the better life you're going to have. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the, the the classic line, too. It's a hell of a thing killing a man. You take away all he's got and all he's ever going to have. And that actually, to me, is not that's kind of philosophically obvious. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I don't have much to say about that, but it was just a well-performed Clint moment. So. I'll, I'll give it credit too. Um, as far as the philosophical value, I actually thought little bill had the best moment. The sheriff had the best moment in the movie when he's just, when he's talking to English Bob's uh, biographer and he's saying, uh, they're having that conversation at the jailhouse and he's saying something to the effect of you know, the best weapon for survival in the West is not the revolver or being quick on the draw. It's being calm under stress. It's being cool headed. Mm-hmm. And the point is that, even if you're a great shot, even if you're an expert marksman, even if you're quick on the draw, if you are, if you panic or you make impulsive decision making in the moment, it's going to get you killed eventually. You're uh, dead, Kaniga. <laughs> yeah. Keep calm and think, and that's true whether you're in the Wild West or whether you're you're readying up for the Gay War. All other skills are secondary. Keep calm and think. And I did pick up on the themes that you were talking about, where there's there's something about this kind of like. Some paths are just inevitable or you're like, and I really get fascinated with these themes because as I've discussed at length and I I won't go over again here, I mean, free will and the idea that we're all in general control of our lives is a fundamental idea for the concept of morality to exist. If for us to be right or wrong, we have to have the capacity to choose right or wrong. Then again, it does seem like there's a certain trajectory that you're supposed to be on. There's a certain purpose for your life that it seems like even if you choose a or B in that fork, eventually you end up on, on the path that you were supposed to take anyway. And it's, it's just interesting parallels between will and the kid, because will of course 
is a former outlaw reformed. The kid pulls him back into it. And then when the kid actually makes his first kill, well, it's not for me. I ain't like you, Will. I'm quitting. But aren't you exactly like Will? Actually, you got into the game as a young person who thought that, you know, you could handle anything. And what? Of course he's not, because he realized early on that this wasn't the life for him. Well, but but Will left for similar reasons and then came back after he had been killing for 40 years or maybe he did a little more but there's they're very similar where he talks about indiscriminately killing all those women and children and stuff yeah but but then there's the question of is that also is that true because the kid said he killed five people he was lying there but clint eastwood was not a liar well but what about will money that's who we're talking about yeah i know yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, the not not Will Money, Clint Eastwood. There was a scene where he is talking about uh, how he killed a whole bunch of women and children. He says that right before the final shootout. Yeah, 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 yeah. But do we believe him? Maybe we do. Maybe we don't. I don't. Why know. would he lie? Because he's trying to intimidate a bunch of guys that he has to shoot dead in a second. He has to fight like the but, entire. But he salute. said it like it was lore, like everybody already knew. Yeah, but the, but a theme of the movie is that the lore of the West was was largely false too. I mean, look at English Bob, the guy who lied his ass off and was writing all these books about it. So hmm. that's I, a good point. I uh, hate it when you're right. <laughs> I, well, I don't know. I mean, I will grant your point that Will Money was probably a more accomplished outlaw than this nearsighted kid, for sure. Uh, but but the point that I'm making is the kid has convinced himself, well, I'm nothing like Will. I'm out of here. You might be on the exact same trajectory, actually. You just you think that you're not, but you're on the same path under the exact same terms. And I just I find that to be interesting. Like even when we convince ourselves but that our that was that the own- whole point, though, it's like, are you a killer in your heart, in your soul? Do you enjoy killing? And it's just who Clint Eastwood was. It's just who he was. Well, he just gave it up to be a hog farmer, which he hated. He's, he seems to enjoy it more than being a dad, which is yeah, really. Which is, uh, now you watch your three-year-old sister or whatever. <laughs> David and I were like, what? yeah, that that okay. So things I didn't like. I hate to be um, uh, Helen Lovejoy from The Simpsons, but won't somebody please think of the children? Because I thought yeah. the ending just kind of sucked. It didn't properly tie up the main premise of the movie that Will has to return to being an outlaw or return to bounty hunting because that's how he has to provide for his children. He sucks at hog farming or whatever. This is how he has to provide for his children. Does he actually provide for his children, though? The final scene just leaves it to a maybe. Oh, maybe he did. Some say that he went to San Francisco and got into dry goods or something. Speaking of not caring about his kids, as you mentioned, he just left two very young kids to manage a farm for their survival while he's out on this spontaneous murder quest. Yeah. <laughs> I, my point is, if, if the premise is a man does what he must to provide for his family, you left out the second part, the actual providing for his family. It wasn't really demonstrated. Now, I know that many will disagree with me on this because you're just supposed to like action movies for what they are. But I thought the ending shootout was just freaking ridiculous. I thought the it was just the silliness of Will confronting Little Bill, the sheriff, and four of his deputies, plus everybody else who's in the saloon. He's got a, a double-barreled shotgun with one shell after he shot the barkeep man, prostitute owner guy. And then so he's got one shot. It's a misfire, but he somehow takes out the sheriff and four of his deputies, all of whom have the draw on him because he's got his stupid shotgun with the misfire. Uh, But I guess in fairness, the sheriff did describe earlier uh, how he doesn't value speed or marksmanship. He values cool headedness. So maybe that was bullshit. And uh, 
I said in the review that he is he and his deputies are worse gunmen than the YouTube shooter. Even the YouTube shooter hit like a person, I think. <laughs> These guys couldn't even hit Will once. Two people. Two people. Uh, yeah, and herself, I guess. Hmm. But then it's not just like the heat of the gunfight. The sheriff, Little Bill's down on the ground. He's shot. He allows Will enough time to go to the bar and drink a shot of whiskey. He's got a, his revolver in his hand the whole time. I'm going to cock this revolver and then allow Will plenty of time after hearing it to walk over to me and kick it out of my hand just as I yeah. fire it. And then, you know, Will, that sets up the whole <laughs> deserves got nothing to do with it line. The whole situation is just preposterous. Will should have been shot in the face five times, five <laughs> more times in the back while he's at the bar. I get it. It's an action movie. It's a Western. It's Clint Eastwood. I shouldn't overthink it. I just, I really had a hard time like, watching that with a straight face. It was so silly. And then you mentioned it kind of, there's sort of a diversion in the middle. I, I thought the same, but specifically about this English Bob subplot, the guy who lies about all his legendary achievements in the West. Mm -hmm. I just don't really understand how it's relevant other than like the point that we were discussing where what was claimed about the West and what was true were different things. But it's just this side feud with the sheriff that's really irrelevant to Will's story. It does allow little Bill, the sheriff, to explain some of his philosophy and develop his character a little bit. But it's really Bill's interaction with Will and Ned itself that's sufficient to establish him as the villain. Mm -hmm. He's the villain because of his treatment with Ned, not uh, his treatment of Ned, not English Bob. He take. Uh, Will takes revenge on the sheriff because of what the sheriff did to Ned, not English Bob. You can delete English Bob and his stupid biographer guy. The story remains pretty much the same. And English Bob just deletes himself anyway. He just leaves. He's like, oh, fuck you guys. I'm leaving. And nothing <laughs> happens. Yeah. He like curses them and says, I'm going to a British tea party or something. I, I don't know. And then, okay, the last point. <laughs> it was supposed to be sincere, but I cannot... How anyone can take the scene where Will declines a, f a free one with Delilah seriously. <laughs> I was laughing my ass off. People haven't seen the movie. The whole premise is this this prostitute gets her face cut up by a guy who is mad. Not that she bad enough either. They're like, you cut her face off. I'm like, she's got like three scratches on her face. It was, yeah, it was like a, a cat. Got like, Walk it off. Yeah. Um, and so she she's taking care of Will. Anyway, Will has to come to town to kill the guys who who cut up her face or the guy who did. And she's taking care of Will and she, she offers him a free one because she seems to like Will and that's Clint Eastwood's character. And uh, he, he says, uh, well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not interested in that. And she neutralizes the awkwardness by saying, oh, I met, I met with the other horse. You could have a free <laughs> one with the other horse. And he, Aww. he tries to, uh, <laughs> he tries to comfort her by saying, you're a beautiful woman. If I was to want a free one, I'd want it with you as though like, is that a compliment or is that an insult? How are you supposed to take that? He was a compliment. <laughs> if, I, if I wanted free prostitute sex, it would be with you. That's how. Pretty yeah, you are. Further complicating it, though, it's kind of bunk in premise. Uh, and Will says he wants uh, he, Will says to indulge in the free one would be a betrayal of his wife. She's dead, of course. Now, the vow. For many years. Yeah. The vow is till death to his part. Condition now realized. It, it wouldn't be a betrayal of his wife. But let's say that he's purer in his commitment to his wife than even the marital vow. Okay. I mean, some people are. I get that. 
Then why is he on this murder quest at all, though? Because his wife reformed him out of the outlaw life. So if he's that faithful to his wife, that committed to his wife, that he won't accept the free one from the scarred up prostitute, why would he continue to live this life that his wife hated and took him out of? If you're faithful to your wife, you don't go down the outlaw murder path anymore. But that's exactly what he's doing. So I'm I'm, that's a fa- good point. I'm faithful to my wife. Uh, I don't I don't engage in degeneracy, but I will do all the other degeneracy that she hated. And the romance of it is irrelevant anyway. Even if you find that exchange to be romantic, there's no buildup in the attraction. It's an instant dead end on account of Will's supposed purity. And, and it seems like it's a setup for this prostitute's redemption. And then it just isn't like the entire scenario just goes away. They have this conversation that leads to nothing. The whole thing is impossible to take seriously. So it was just a really silly exchange, but, uh, all things considered, I still gave it a respectable three wiki rating. Okay. I'll allow it. It's got all the classic ingredients of a Western. It's got nice landscapes. It's got rugged characters. It's got a revenge plot. Uh, I think it's 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 good, but it's not great. I don't think it did anything that that hasn't been done dozens of times before it. So it was okay. It's classically okay. Okay. I see it. As far as the early audience rating, oh, everyone loves this movie. I guess I'm wrong. Uh, five wikis from more than half of the early reviewers, but that's okay. If you love Clint Eastwood, I'm not going to fight you about it. I just so uh, sexy. When the standard to me, the Clint Eastwood standard, the standards, or this Clint Eastwood standard in the movies that I've seen, uh, one and one A are Josie Wales and Gran Torino. I love both of those movies, and this yeah. this one's not those. Okay, I mean, I just, I just love his this this rugged masculine man energy. Didn't we watch the good, the bad, and the ugly? None of these great. We did. I I gave that a three for various reasons. Mm. It's way too long. It, the the good parts of it are, are are very good, but there's a lot of nonsense that takes way too man, long. You have seen a lot of movies now. Hundred plus. Got to be more than that. Uh, we've been doing it for two and a half years, so. More like 125 or so. 25, yeah. Uh, next How week is The Exorcist, which I've never seen. Classic Sweet. movie. So we'll watch that. And we have one more week left to vote on listener Electric Ninjas movies, uh, movie nominations for January before the list resets next week. Remaining nominees are Soylent Green, Tommy Boy, <sighs> Raising what? Arizona, Friday, The Elephant Man, or of course you can reject the list in favor of a randomly <sighs> selected top rated movie instead. What's your dispute? with the list. Oh, Tommy boy. Well, now you know what to vote for. If you want to piss blonde off, <laughs> it's okay though. Cause she'll probably be gone next week on account of, uh, birthing. Duties. Dude, I, I, I know I say this every week, but like, how could I even make it another week? Well, yeah, yeah it's been about a month of that at least so far, it's but pro drama labor. This is a nightmare. We'll find out next weekend. Uh, as a reminder, if you'd like to read my movie reviews, comment how wrong I am, submit your own rating, vote for the next movie and sign up for the chance to be the movie nominator for the month. The one and only place to do it is in my weekly movie review column linked in the description and on the homepage of the website. That is Matt or Matt is You know, I got an automated email from, uh, the dot gay subdomains or domains or whatever the technical internet term is. Um, I got an email from them about uh, an automated email saying, hey, um, we know you like Matt is dot gay. 
Have you considered madisgay.com? Or I forget, I forget the way that they phrase it. This automated email is like, we got lots more gay URLs you could have if you uh, are interested in such things. And you were like, ooh, I am interested. <laughs> also in men's penises in my butt. Uh, no, I did not respond that way, but uh, some might. Gay! 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 I had to pull that. Oh. Now, over on, over on Rumble... Millennial G says, all right, Matt, I've been listening to your painfully silly takes about these fake polls long enough. Want to bet? I say Trump loses Iowa caucuses. You seem pretty confident he'll win. So how about two to one? Yeah, absolutely. Send me an email. Uh, you're, I'll, I'll take any odds you want on Trump winning in Iowa tomorrow. I don't really know that there's a way to enforce it through email, but like, yeah, if, if you think, uh, I mean, who's going to, I guess it'd be, you got to take DeSantis if you believe the polls. He's the premise here is that the polls are bunk, but if there's some secret enthusiasm for DeSantis that he's going to crush in Iowa tomorrow, I will take the opposite bet. 100%. Yeah. That's, that's, there's no way. Uh, But uh, I'll tell you, but if we come back uh, next week on Sunday and it's, it's DeSantis or in, you know, the premise here could be Haley too. If it's either one of them who has defeated Trump in the caucus, I will say I was wrong. Millennial G was right. That's uh, it's the best I can offer you. But uh, if you, if you want to put money on it, I will absolutely take you up on it. If you want to, if you want to email me, uh, we can arrange that. And thanks for supporting the show. (laughs) Laser uh, 47 says, recommend watch. When your pilot is an affirmative action hire by Freedom Tunes. I think I've seen that one. It's actually that one. That one I think he made quite a while ago, right? Head of its oh, time. Oh, really? I yeah. love him. He's been on Tim Pool a bunch. Uh, yeah, he's become kind of like a, a, a regular over there on, on Tim Cast, as far as I understand, which is good. Um, Seamus is a really talented dude. So I wonder if he'd come back. We had him on our show way back when. Oh, It'd that's be fun, right. Fun to have him back. But uh, anyway, it's good to see him succeed. Uh Rumble, we're good there. Odyssey, we're good. D Live, uh, we're all set. Thank you guys over there. So let's catch up on YouTube and Tippy Stream. Oh, okay. Um, Long Down John, who's hyper disease X? The fix is in. Okay, so I just saw John Campbell posted a video about this, but I haven't watched the video, so I don't know anything about this. Do you? I don't. Let me. Which chat is this? This is uh, Long Down John. Yeah. Oh, disease X. I don't, yeah, I don't know what that is. Mm. I should watch that that John Campbell video ASAP. Um, Amish extremist. I want to explore some secret Jew tunnels, if you know what I mean. Man, we should pull some of the sounders from the videos of this, this Jew tunnel. I, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> Other than the actual tunnels in Brooklyn. Uh, in Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Uh, what is the... I think it was in Queens. I read Brooklyn, but maybe I'm mistaken. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, um, anyway, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't, the burrow is, is not particularly important. They I actually just, burrowed all the way from Brooklyn to Queens. That's what it was. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Boogeyman917 says, I doubt it. Knuckle buck. If you were to sit 20 monkeys at typewriters intent on finding the works of Shakespeare, how long do you think it would take before one of them wrote, do the I right thing? It. I give it about a week. Do you this, mean Spike Lee's? Yeah famous film do the right thing like the entire script of it or just the uh, title do the right thing you know thinking after american history x last week when i realized that i had to watch that as part of my high school educational curriculum you think of like what else 
were you were you propagandized with? And now I think about it like do the right thing was part of it too. Really? Yeah. You didn't have to watch that in high school? No. Hmm. My brother loves that movie. Really? And so I watched it and I was like, I fucking hate this movie. I, I'm surprised, but who am I to question your brother's wisdom? He's a wise man. Ugh, why is everybody so gay for him? He's such an asshole. Because I hung out with him once and I was very impressed. It's like that with every person that I know that meets him. They meet him and they're like, oh, you mean I can have a bromance with somebody like you, but I don't have to hang out with you? Yeah, exactly. Like, this is even how my husband feels. My, my brother the other day, I call him and he goes, can you uh, stop calling me unless your husband is around? I don't really want to forge a relationship with you, but I do want to talk to your husband. <laughs> like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> forge a relationship. You guys have uh, a biological and inseparable biological relationship. Yeah, but he thinks that because he moved away that like he doesn't have to deal with me anymore. Huh. I'm like, oh, no, I will FaceTime you every day. I don't care. I think okay. we skipped a spicy one from Logan. Did we get that one? Oh, did we? Uh, I, everyone's surprised I was right about the um, particular tiny Middle Eastern country's inhabitants and their love of holes. The cement <laughs> truck could have easily been used to keep the problem in the tunnels, I suppose. I, I don't know. I guess I'm sure they checked to make sure that's well, or did they? I mean, that that's the thing with the cement. Like what? what's in the cement now? Is that a fair question to ask? I don't just mean people. I mean, like, what evidence is in the cement? Yeah, I know. We'll never know. And we're going to find out. I don't even mean to to imply that there's that it's like certainly evidence of criminal action, uh, criminal activity in there or not. But I guess if we know that the excavation of the tunnels themselves, that act was criminal, as described by investigators quoted in these stories. How can you possibly start pumping cement in there if you know that there was a criminal act? I guess they would say because of structural instability. If you don't do that, it's dangerous. Yeah, but they're uh, doing they're doing this Hunter Biden thing where they're like, let's uh, investigate the tax fraud. It's like, well, what about all the money laundering and the ties to Ukraine and the sex trafficking, you know, like all the greater crimes? They're addressing the thing that nobody gives a shit about and then acting like they dealt with the situation. We're never going to know what happened. We can only be left to speculate. And our speculations are, I guarantee it, correct. Uh, it's certainly weird. You know, when I talked about this on my Wednesday stream, it's like, um, okay, I mean, it, it a, a bunch of storage in a basement area is not itself inherently bizarre, I suppose. That's where mm-hmm. you store things is in basements. But like a stained mattress right next to the entryway of the tunnel. And then just the, the sort of... Uh, insufficient explanation for the purpose of the tunnel in the first place. Like I, I just, I have a hard time believing it's all about this like expansionist religious philosophy and nothing more. And the thing that's the thing that's just impossible for me to accept at face value is that this was going on without the knowledge of the people who run the place for weeks. Cause they're lying. They're it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. yeah. There's no way. Um, knuckle hungry bug. One time when I was a kid, me and a friend started a tunnel from under our school to a nearby Taco Bell. We only made it halfway when the teacher caught us and said, you scamps, kids, kids will be I mean, uh, I guess if you try to get to Taco Bell, I get it. Uh, that would explain everything in this case. Pen King. Perry School, Perry High School principal Dan Marburger, who protected his students from the school shooter on January 4th of this year, has died. We need more people like him these days. Wow, I uh, let me read this through once more because I didn't see the chat on my screen here. 
protected his students from the school shooter January 4th. Which school shooter was that? Which school remember. shooting was that? Uh, Perry High School. Oh, this is the uh, this is the trans shooter, right? This was the recent one in Iowa. Yeah. It's did somebody uh, else die? I thought everybody had. No, the, this is what he's talking about. The school principal who acted heroically to save students during a mass shooting at Perry High School earlier this month died from his injuries, according to his wife. Oh no! So this is news. This just came out today. That sucks. I hadn't seen this. Uh, Thank you for letting us know because I'm very sorry to hear that. But that's obviously an important piece of the story. And again, this was the um, the gender fluid shooter that we that you know has nothing to do with the shooting itself. But the story's been all but buried because of that. Not going about if the president can carry out acts of war without congressional approval. (laughs) Corn pop, better watch out. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I guess uh, I don't know. Is corn pop still around, or has is he long? See long gone. It's long gone. Esoteric Come on, Adam. man. Really not looking forward to the epic rematch of Tony Fauci's Republican organ grinder monkey versus Tony Fauci's organ gr- dem organ grinder monkey. It's going to be a real clown show in the sense of Stephen King's it. I was reminded of Stephen King's it because the clown memes were revived because mm-hmm. he hung out in the sewers too, even though I haven't seen that movie, but the various like, Clown in the tunnel memes as they apply to the New York synagogue. I saw many of those this week. Yep. Uh, that was one thing, one item I, I wanted to talk about Wednesday and I thought about talking about today is that Anthony Fauci was testifying to the COVID committee in Congress and apparently admitted that, you know, the six foot thing was bullshit. And yeah, we actually ruined a lot of kids lives with X, Y, and Z. Oh, great. Thanks. Glad to hear it. Yeah. A couple of years after the fact. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Thanks guys. Um, <laughs> Esoterica Unbound. Uh, for four years, Thomas Jefferson sent U.S. Navy and kill Barbary pirates and burn their shit. Um, but I'm sure he didn't understand how unconstitutional that was, given his lack of background on the topic. I do kind yeah. of like it when people just go rogue. I, sp- I suppose, yeah, I, you can make the argument that uh, that Thomas Jefferson knew what he was doing in the context of the time. But yeah, I mean... I- even if you think that it um, that this is what the constitutional authors intended, I would still, you know, I would argue that it's philosophically unwise. You know, if we put the power to to declare war and enact war in one person, and there's no check on that, we are going to have catastrophic decisions made routinely. And in fact, we do. Um, so, I mean, I, I'll, I'll take the constitutional point, I suppose, but. Uh, I mean, I I don't necessarily, actually. I think that when the Constitution says that Congress has the power to declare war, that's what it means. But even if we were to set that point aside, I think it's incredibly unwise to put that power in one person and entrust him to uh, to handle it all correctly. But uh, who am I to second guess Thomas Jefferson? He was right about a lot of shit. How great is that? Thank you, man. Will you read some of these? Yeah, Bilbiz says, how militarily aggressive do you think Israel would be to other nations without U.S. support. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, if if it was known that they will not have the backing of of American or European forces or any of that, how would that alter Israeli military action? Now, I can't. I'm not an expert on Israeli military campaigns, so obviously I can't. I can't tell you specifics of that. But you know, just as someone who would guess from a layman perspective, I would think you'd be. Um, very careful about the moves that you make and what responses might happen if you know that you don't have the world's superpowers backing up 
every single move. And that's not commentary to say that Israel's right or wrong in you know certain military actions. It's just to say when you know that you have Big Brother behind you backing you up, you might talk shit and pick fights in ways that you wouldn't if Big Brother wasn't standing right behind you. Ibot, thank you for supporting the show. As always, appreciate it. I am not going to be niggardly. Glowy McFedface. Let's see what he has to say. Always insightful. Uh, I'm sure they are ver- a very nice family, but let's think about this for a minute. <laughs> oh, God. I have to- okay, okay. <clears throat> you can Careful. do it. Kill Kanigas. Behead Kanigas. <laughs> Roundhouse kick a Kaniga into the concrete slam. Dunk a Kaniga baby into the trash can. Crucify filthy Kanigas. Defecate Kanigas. Defecate in a Kaniga's food. <sighs> Fed, 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 fed. It's definitely bait. Uh, I think that's Ray Epps himself who's sending in those chats. Or Gypsy Crusader. I don't know. No, one of the two. Michael Anderson, Aladdin is Chinese, though in some trad fiction, China was used to mean faraway land. Most movie depictions use Mongol architecture, the Taj Mahal. The, or not Mongol, Mogul? Mughal? I don't know. He must mean Mongol. It's M-U-G-H-A-L. Mughal. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. The Mughal Empire occupied so much of modern India. Yeah, that tells you how much I know about the history of that part of the world. None. I just know that Vivek looks like Aladdin. Okay, <laughs> that's all I know. Uh, thank you, Michael Anderson. Two Dogs Mike D. All Asian uh, f- flight crew, I think, is uh, all Asian flight crew, blonde. Remember, that includes the driver. That's true. Asian pilots, Asian drivers. I don't know. You know, it's weird. I don't want to be in a car with an Asian driver, but I do want to be in a plane with an Asian pilot. Go back to where you come from, okay? Okay. Careful. Gaelic girl, blonde, hoping you give birth to a beautiful baby girl next Sunday. Matt, love you. Well, thank you. And uh, and yeah, uh, hopefully there will be good news next weekend, but I'm sure it's coming soon, regardless. There fucking better be, dude can't do this anymore i'm so tired moist farts god everyone's trying to trap me when i say kaniga you say nose kaniga nose kaniga nose i'm looking at you blonde you suck (laughs) fuck you i wasn't reading that you suck fuck you i know i miss my old nose i want to go back i want to go back Slosher. Diversity hiring is going to lead to the competency crisis in all complex systems. Airplane crashes, power outages, food contamination, bridge collapse, botched surgeries. The developed West will become de-developed. Yeah, that's one way to phrase it. I think that's a safe bet. Thank you, Slosher. Daniel Yeager, what do you think of Edward Snowden's case of the collapse of the American century? Uh, Offshoring and union busting, impoverishing workers getting off the gold standard and loss of civil liberty post 9-11. I don't know exactly what his personal case is, but it would be. All those things are true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, obviously, we have um, we have sent a lot of American labor overseas where we uh, can obtain it for cheaper. Uh, we've made the American worker. Well, we have um, we've at least made the purchasing power, the earning power of the American worker less getting off the gold standard. I mean, that's a problem that we're realizing and the loss of civil liberty post nine 11 is as obvious as could be. So without knowing the specifics, I would say he's probably right. Yeah. 
and uh, and I'll leave it at that. Thank you, Daniel. Citizen 7, fun fact. If you look at the language of the Constitution in Article 2, the president is always referred to as he. That's true. Does that technically mean Michelle Obama is allowed to be president? Wink, wink. Well, Michelle, sure Mike, does. Michael Robinson was hinting this week that uh, Michael, Big Mike is very scared that Trump might win. The, the, people talk about all these theories, though, like, oh, they're going to. They're going to have Biden run the primaries, but then they're going to like just push him aside and and throw in Michelle Obama. The thing I don't understand about these theories, though, is if Michelle Obama declared tomorrow, she's immediately the strongest Democrat that exists on planet Earth. You don't have to have some weird way to shoehorn her into power. If they put up Michelle Obama, she will probably break Joe Biden's record for most votes ever received legitimately. Yeah, really. People love her. She's got like Oprah star power in that way. Now, I'm I'm, I'm not a fan. Think she, she, he, whoever this person is would be a terrible president. But I recognize the enthusiasm that Big Mike would bring. And it's a lot. So I really don't understand. Like, I'm sure Democrats want Michelle Obama to run. And you don't have to think of some clever way to do it. You just have Michelle Obama run. Colton Regal. Uh, first, my fiance and now my grandfather have gone home. I don't know what to do. Booze doesn't help. And people I should be able to turn to treat me like a, a jigaboo for being born after 1990. I'm sorry to laugh. I just the the word jigaboo. That's all. Um, no, I'm sorry to hear the loss, man. And uh, processing death is difficult. Of course, we all have to do that. Uh, it, it, it comes for all of us at some point. And uh, the only thing I could say, at least from my own experience, is don't be hard on yourself for the amount of time it takes you to to come to terms with it and to be at peace with it. But you do have to find a way to give it purpose and and value uh, in the same way we were just talking about earlier, where the longer amount of time you, you spend, uh, I don't know, just feeling like a victim of your circumstance, the 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 more time you're losing to what could be used for productivity and giving that lost purpose. And really all you can do is find a way to make sure that you're living a life that the people that you lost and that you missed would be proud of. And that's easier said than done because sometimes it's very hard to be motivated when you feel like everything you loved has been taken away from you, but you still have to, it's, it's still an obligation. It's a moral obligation that we all have to, find purpose in the death of, of the people we love and to not necessarily move beyond it, like forget it, but to turn it into a positive that, that drives you towards something good, something beneficial. Mm -hmm. And everybody has their own way of doing that, but you got to find a way to do that. Easier said than done, but I trust that you will. And it's kind of reassuring that suffering is a universal experience. Yeah. Isn't it a little one of the, yeah. We all have uh, varying levels of suffering, but we all suffer. We're all in the same boat. That's got to count for something, right? Yeah. I, uh, I trust you will find the way to, uh, to give those losses purpose. And, uh, thanks for, thanks for supporting the show. And you're right. The other thing I'll emphasize, you're right. That booze doesn't help. Um, do not turn to substances. Obviously that's, that's not where the solution lies here. Um, the solution is, is in building something and you got to decide what it is that you're going to build, whether that's family, whether that's some sort of career, whether that's some new hobby, build something, do something productive out of it. And, and you will find a way to, to make out of this, what you're supposed to make, but thanks for supporting the show. 
Jared Tank, Blonde, have you seen the Zionism debate with Gavin, Vincent James, and Fuentes? Also, this is clips. yeah, this was uh, they went. For, I I haven't seen the full thing, but they went for like three hours. I saw the yeah. the stream on Twitter. Gavin's been so disappointing. So I take it he was on the like the the Zionism side. Mm-hmm. Was it just him, or did was did he have anybody else? No, he had some other guy, and then it, it was against Nick Fuentes and um, Vincent James. Okay. Also, is there info on the website for potential listener meetups? Most people in the Sacramento area are spiritually gay. (laughs) Um, I do not actually organize meetups. And I know uh, maybe one thing I could do as I try to think about how to develop some things on my website and clean up some things. And this and Um, when we started the listener meetup thing, it was like, okay, this is an informal way for people to find each other. Let's just make a a spreadsheet, a Google sheet that everybody can see and contact each other. And that's still what we use. It's not organized as ideally as it could be. Um, but I don't, it's not like I have formal chapters where like there's a person I contact in this area and they do all that. So what you'd want to do is go to that form that's on my website, look up Sacramento and you're free to, to contact the people that are in the Sacramento area using their email or their, you know, the discord name or their, their Twitter handle or whatever it is that they've submitted. And they're all just organized very informally that way. But if you'd like to contact some people who are around you, that would be the way to do it. And I I wish you luck in finding friends who are not spiritually gay in the Mm -hmm. Sacramento area. Jerry Smith says my great grandparents left their 10 and 14 year old children alone on the farm in Montana to move to California on their own. Yeah, I'm sure it probably was more common back in those times, but these kids also were not 10 and 14. They were like half that. Mm-hmm. They were really young. Uh, but point taken. Uh, and they left them in Montana, not in California, but in yeah. Montana. Man. Yep. And I assume that's timeline on that is probably what, like around 1900 or something like that. Those are some yeah. rough winters yeah. for uh, for young people to endure. Yeah. Knuckle Hunky Buck. Matt and I once made love. He thought one of my super chats was funny and he offered me a free one. I didn't want a free one, but if I did want a free one from any YouTuber, <laughs> it would be Matt. So I did. Yeah. Thank you, Knuckle yeah. Hunky Buck. Got to give a refresh here. If you're ready to go, go. For, oh, I no, I found him. Never mind. Uh, just a handful left here. Esoteric Unbound. Bill is the actual hero in this nihilistic classic. He just wants the threat to his town to go away. Will is an alcoholic murderer, yet many think him the hero because he's played by Clint. Says a lot about us. Maybe that's an interesting way to look at the, um, to look at it. But is Bill the hero? Because Bill strikes me as a huge bastard. Yeah. Like, yeah, kind of a dick and kind of a degenerate and not really any more morally square than, than will is mm-hmm. he, he killed Morgan Freeman for like no reason. And he does it extrajudicially. It's not yeah. like they convicted him at trial and sentenced him to execution. He just beats him to death. Mm-hmm. So like how that's heroic. I don't know. I mean, I know esoterica. You've also, he got... refused to appropriately neutralize the horror threat, the threat to the horse. Oh, the, the guys who slashed her face. Like, yeah, there wasn't, he treated them lightly. Thus the entire conflict. Right. Uh, but yeah, may, I, I obviously, I know you can't make the best case for that interpretation in a super chat esoterica, but I know you've usually got like thought out movie opinions. So if you want to expand on that, 
uh, in an email or something, go ahead. I'd be I'd be interested to hear the case that Bill is the good guy, even though I like I do like some of the stuff that he says Ooh. philosophically, but he does he does some bad stuff. I don't know. They all do, I guess. That's the point. Mr. Harry Pohl. Good morning from Euro Trash Europe. Sorry, Blonde. Coach Deadpill was a sleazeball grifter. If you're a migrant doing propaganda against your host during a war, you belong in prison or worse. Many of his takes were just blatant Vatnik lies. Oh, he wasn't. I didn't agree with all of this. I had to do the right wing thing. I didn't agree with everything. You know, but, uh, and he was playing with fire, but he wasn't a bad man. He's helped a lot of my friends out of jams. I can say that behind the scenes, from what I know about people on the internet that have had real relationships with him, he really pulled through for a lot of them in tough times. And that counts for something. Thank you, Mr. Harry Pohl. <laughs> uh, just a note on movies reviewed dangerous spaces. Uh, let's us know that we've reviewed 138 movies. That's the official count. Wow. Injured guardian says, did Neil hide or freeze my previous super chat again? I sent it five hours ago. Well, um, the only one I see is here in, is is the one that you just sent, but there is assume okay, so you sent that one on YouTube. I could look directly in YouTube's system here and see if somehow it did not feed properly to the system that we use to aggregate our chats. Give me one moment while I see if I can find it and uh see what happened to it. Okay, so I got the one that just came through. And yeah, this one, I see it now for many reasons. I can say this in real life. Yesterday, my deceased ex ex showed up in my Amazon photos memories. I was torn between you're beautiful and I miss you. I need to go fight and feel better. Uh, So that did come through and, um, and I'm sorry, you know, just like the discussion earlier, I'm sorry to hear that too. Um, yeah, isn't that it, it's always a, a, a tough emotional experience when uh, like a photo is sort of thrown upon you in an unexpected way. I actually hate that Facebook or other social media does that. Yeah, I want to when I want to see those things, I want to make the decision myself to then go I'll see look. them. Yeah. I don't want to have a photo of someone I've lost thrown upon me when I think I'm just like looking at the day's news or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Totally. So um, anyway. I, I obviously I, I hope that it, it brought good memories to you, but, um, but yeah, it would be nice if, uh, I'm sure there's some way to disable it. Like don't show me this old shit and, because it's either memories that are difficult or stuff I did in the past. That's incredibly cringe to look at and I don't want to see it. So please don't show me anything I, I did. Like, I mean, I don't want to watch anything I did yesterday, but especially stuff that I did like more than five years ago. Yeah. Anyway, uh, sorry oh. we missed that chat, but I'm glad you, Jen Saki, circled back Injured Guardian because uh, we did get it. And uh, all the best to you, man. Gary Christensen says, I'm in the Sacramento area. It's true. I'm pretty gay. <laughs> Just take the R out of my name. It's as easy as that. You see, you get it because his name is uh, is Gary. So you take the R out. He's gay. Like Clever. Well, I hope you guys, uh, you can be Sacramento friends, I hope. Good luck. Uh, we're all good on Rumble. We're good on Odyssey. We're good on D Live. Thanks to Beth and Mr. Nargis for supporting over there. 
and uh, we're set on YouTube and Tippy. So anything else before we get out of here for the night? No, I hope I'm not here next week. I At this point, I would be genuinely surprised if you are. And of course, if you do miss, my friend Frank has agreed to sit in. So he'll be here. The show will go on. But we'll find out next week. Of course, thank you guys for joining us this evening. Appreciate all your contributions to the show, your chats, your super chats. If you're listening later on demand as well, thank you kindly for supporting the show as well. If you need more to listen to, head on over to my website, mattchristiansonmedia.com. I've got uh, my Wednesday show you can check out. We've got some additional stuff on the audio feeds of the show. Check out the podcast page. Really anything you want show related just to find the episodes of the show or check out the uh, the merch store or anything like that all on the website, mattchristiansonmedia.com or mattis.gay. We'll be back next Sunday in some form or another because if it's Sunday, sorry, Kristen Welker, whatever that lady's name is, it's not Meet the Press. It is the Matt and Blonde Show. Bye, Good night. Bye.